Material Components Episode 74 Enter the Wilding Greetings and welcome to Material Components, the actual play RPG show all about intelligent items and the adventurers who love them. I am your humble dungeon master, Mike Argoni, and joining me, as always, are my stalwart adventurers. Hey, adventurers. Thanks for being here. Thanks, Thanks. for having us. What's up? <laughs> uh, hey, folks. Uh, I am Olivia, and I'll be play playing Tears of Cloakbearer, Child of the Outer Storm. I am Elliot, and I am playing Cherish Ironstrike, Tiefling Sorcerer. I am Michael, and I'm playing Sid Emberlight, Half-Elf Rogue. And I'm Reed, and I'll be playing Grawl, the Hobgoblin Warlock. Indeed. And before we begin tonight's session, I would of course like to ask the same question I ask every time, and that is, do you all remember what happened last time? Someone, someone queue up. Yes, oh, followed immediately by Run to the Hills by Iron Maiden. <laughs> Hey, I was gonna say Iron I Maiden. fought the law. Yeah, it's and a good the time. Won. <laughs> I don't think yeah. the law's won quite yet. Not quite. Yeah, we we were able to to escape the fuzz for now. But, we fought, uh, the, fought law, the law, and the law so tried the real law. hard. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, yeah, but what does all that uh, playlist suggestions actually mean for the story? <laughs> <laughs> well, absolutely uh, nothing. We were confronted by a yeah. inevitable, inevitable mm. uh, Kalia Root. I might be pronouncing that incorrectly. You were indeed confronted by the Kalia Root, an oh. inevitable of the the Bator Mechanis Concordant, whatever the heck that is. All we know is Still, that Mike's just very excited to say it. Yes. <laughs> um. Let's see, Canaeus was also not frozen for some reason. We didn't mm -hmm. find out because he may or may not have been left there. Um, so He's I'm a sure. smart boy. He can figure it out. Sure. Why He's not? the one who ran away from the rest of us. So. I mean, technically, the <laughs> other way around. Technically, Reed was like, or Grawl was like, a uh, piece. <laughs> and uh, yet, Grawl somehow found us and Canaeus didn't. Grawl has uh, a communicator. Uh, yeah, that certainly helped. Which he didn't remember until after the fact, right? Or would I remember before? I don't remember. But yes, after <laughs> confronting the Kolya route and being told to flee by your friend Kanaeus because he called it something uh, labeled uh, an inevitable, mm. some kind of keeper of higher justice or law keeper of some planar origin. Erish, do not roll your eyes. <laughs> she knows me too knows well. That. <laughs> he said we were saying that shit exactly at the same time. She knows me too well. Okay, it whatever. It mentioned I the Lady of Pain, too, correct? Did it say that it answered to the Lady of Pain? It said that you would be remanded to the Lady of Pain to await your sentencing and uh, final justice at the hands of the directors of the Bator Mechanis Concordant. But leastways, after confronting this creature, finding that you were 
at least partially outmatched by it, uh, having been dealt severe blows on multiple occasions, though you did you were putting up more of a resistance than it perhaps anticipated because it called in reinforcements of an infernal nature. Yes. And we oh, like yeah. fucking almost had that thing. It was, it was so one. scared. The meat brick with lasers. Yes. It it did summon a laser meat brick. This is correct. <laughs> That's the technical term. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's how it translates literally into common from infernal. Oh. It's a strange <laughs> yeah. language. Mm-hmm. Yep. But after fleeing the scene on uh, pterodactyl back and other methods, you split the party a little bit with Grawl and Canaeus fleeing in one direction, while Tears of Cherish and Sid fled downward towards the very core of Fair Ames here, the oh. Mather Tree. I know you've never actually heard that name before, but that is what it is called. Well, that's what I'm, I'm going to write that down right now. Mather Tree. Mother. And of course, there's an apostrophe in there. I'll I was going to say, how many apostrophes oh, yeah, we yeah. talk about? <laughs> how many, how many like, H's and are there, like, just, like, some weird kind of, like, extra symbols that we don't know? Well, yeah. we can play uh, Wheel of Fortune later. For now, uh, during this recap, you did indeed reach that central tree and discovered mm-hmm. that it was unaffected by whatever strange planar prison the Collierut had dragged you to, or perhaps the ritual that had created your lawless pendants had pushed you into? You're really unsure about the precise order of operations here. But leastways, you're beginning to see a pattern in which certain artifacts, uh, locations, aren't affected by the bizarre hybrid plane you've continually found yourselves in. And by harnessing some of the energies of that place with a combination of Tirza's burgeoning powers as a Jarashir of perhaps a higher order, you manage to drag your friends and yourself back to the material plane. <laughs> Using Tirza's burgeoning powers and Sid and Cherish's just, just touching stuff. Touching stuff. <laughs> I just gotta know. I, you know, I just have to. I just have to hold things in my hand. I don't know why. Yeah. It, like I, I sent this to the the at, but so our audience knows too. Little behind the curtain thing. I was Ooh. so fucking close to letting you guys go. It would have certainly like, been very uh, interesting. Yeah. There's Different a part podcast. Of me that really <laughs> wanted it to happen just just to see, just to see what was out there. Oh, what yeah. just so you could see I the am look also... on girl's face, just like uh oh. <laughs> I will say this much if that had been the case I don't think Reed and Olivia would be on this call at the moment uh, if if that had happened <laughs> oh no oh. <laughs> okay um, but leastways that's why I didn't do it but Olivia <laughs> wanted to do it the four of you eventually in did indeed find your way back to the material plane for Grawl it was an easy as letting go of his sword. Um, which, of course, that sword had uh, mm, tasted of the sweet fruits of the Kulria root, uh, having consumed some sort of magic item that that creature had worn. Uh, you're not quite oh, sure no, 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 what no, the, no. the consequences of that will be, but there are new celestial runes upon its blade. Tasty. 
So, afterwards, the four of you had found your way back home and had, after a little fruitless searching and uh, soul-searching for both Canaeus and your own purpose going forward... Uh, so that was fruitless as well? Just saying. Okay. For me, anyway. Maybe not for everybody, though. About vegetables. You eventually reconvened at the Halls of Wonder, at the Riftkeeper Sanctum beneath that place, and you now prepare for the next step of your journey. Finally making your way out into the wilding with your lawless pendants in hand to hopefully make your way to the Realm Scar, which is causing this city to be trapped. So we were able to kind of guess like visually where we think the realm scar is about how far can we guess that is if like, we're walking it is it was like three days yeah from your position at the city you had guessed that it was probably around a three-day walking journey to the southeast yes okay so a six-day journey total mm -hmm. right Okay. Presumably. If we can... come back. <laughs> right. I was right. going to say, unless someone, when the bubble goes down, decides to come and get us because he's been fucking AWOL this whole time. <laughs> I mean, we could ask we could ask him to come with us. Come with us? <laughs> Whatever. Whatever you guys want to do. <laughs> Just... We have we have extras now. But it is just past noon on the 16th day of so, as our four Threadless companions, as well as fellow Threadless Judah, your Riftkeeper allies in Etsuko and Arbadon are nearby as well. So gather what supplies and allies you would. This is your adventure to prepare for. I leave you to it. Right. See. We need uh, magic so we're potions. Going, we're going to need... Let's see. Oh, and Grawl also has a, an armful of goodies as well. Uh, oh, right. Then. Presents. Fanta, to Grawl. Yes, because in the last uh, session, of course, you did have an encounter with the, the creature of Lang yet again. I don't know how many more dealings we're going to have with that that fun individual, given that I threatened, like, the power of some sort of ultimate deity upon them. Though, speaking of, we don't know that it is an individual, and based on the way it was talking last time, it seems like maybe not so much. Or it's a hive mind. Uh, it kind of right. seemed a little more hive mindy. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Still had all my stuff. Does anybody does Etsuko know identify? Do we know that? Uh, oh, that's a good question. Uh, either her or Blizz could probably. Oh, that's true. Blizz figure would it out. Blizz okay. absolutely knows identify and can cast it as a ritual if need be. Cool. Let's find out what the stuff does. Please. Okay. Uh, let's see here. I've got uh, uh Mike. What do I have? <laughs> <laughs> well, you have several items that are familiar. Uh, right. First and foremost is a, a small pearlescent orb that uh, once upon a time was forgotten in the beast lands. Never again, sweet baby. Never again. Still, 
still not used. <laughs> still never been used. Still right. got that okay. new. Still got that new smell to it. What happens if can I if I eat the pearl of power? I can't lose it, right? <laughs> can you use it? Oh, why not? I mean, at some point you're gonna poop it out. Are you gonna remember to check every time? Oh, I assumed you meant with the sword. I didn't think Pearl oh. meant. <laughs> you know what? That's probably like more what he meant than probably than what the thing I said. To be fair, yeah, though, I'm a... Elliot. I was on the same. I was on the okay. Same at least you're not alone. I won't tell you which one I meant because it's funnier <laughs> if I don't. <laughs> yeah. But yes. Yeah, so one of those items was the Pearl of Power. Mm-hmm. The others were a a, a single left handed gauntlet of some kind. Ooh. A, a necklace with a bunch of red beads hanging from it, as well as some kind of sack that's laden with, well, you're not sure what. You haven't had time to open it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, let's get this shit identified. Okay. Uh, Blizz would be able to identify these items, and there are a lot of items that you would, in fact, recognize. You have got yourself the Pearl of Power. You've got oh. yourself the Necklace of Fireballs, a Gauntlet of Returning, and last but not least is a Bag of Beans. Oh! Bag of Beans? Mm-hmm. Nice. Oh, is yeah, that... that does something cool. I was just that... It can feed you. They... Are they like can do that, but the implication here is because Identify worked on it, they are all, in fact, magic beans. Right. Sensu bean. Mm, yeah, sensu it does lots, of, it does lots of fun beans. stuff on yep. D100. <laughs> it, it, it is a, a little bit more chaos introduced into the world. Um, Ooh. We would expect nothing less. Might be it, is the, okay. it is the vegetable form of Wand of Wonder. <laughs> so a little safer than yeah. the deck that's good. It's a low bar, for sure. Let's put the deck inside the bag of beans. <laughs> Let's go. Chaos on chaos. Just let them marinate. And then point bad. the wand of wonder at it. Yeah. <laughs> why don't we put them? Why don't we put them all inside the bag of holding and shake it real good, like real <laughs> good, like a real good shake, like a, like fri- fried chicken. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah. god, I love the bag of beans so much. Can I Can I have the bag of beans? It'll make me feel better. Were, were you feeling bad? Yes. Uh, oh um yeah. You don't remember, girl? It was it just happened. We just <laughs> Right, but I got my pearl of power back. Like I, I'm feeling pretty good. I was devastated after I remembered. <laughs> Anyways, um, yeah, you can have the bag of beans. Thank you. Yeah, Sid, uh, that was kind of gonna be for you, so... Hey, I still got my magic item. I'm good. Right, I just wanted to divvy it up evenly, so... Oh, that's true. Sid, do you want the bag of beans? You can have it. I don't care. Okay. Now, Sid. Yes. Do you want... Do you want to throw fireballs at something, or do you want Tears' glove? Mm. Well, wait, if he gets my fireball beads, then I I want that instead. <laughs> I, I'm just checking. Nah, I'm good. Nah, no, 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 okay. 
Okay, I get, I get the Pearl of Power and the beads. Cool. No, I'll take the Pearl of Power. <laughs> no, 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 no. no, 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 no. That wasn't up for grabs. I already had first dibs. I think I think I want the fireball be... beads. Sid, you can have the beans, Christ. Or I no, mean no, no, no. I really don't care about on. any of it. Here, no, take whatever you want. It's fine. I really I got everything I need. Except for of course magic potions. We need a lot of those before we head out. And um, how many do we have at the moment in our bag of holding? Uh, oh, in the bag? Because uh... that's where we store them, right? I have two just oh. in my in my bag. Oh. I don't have any. Um, let me see. I don't know if I put that on the Google Doc. Hold on. Um, I'm pretty sure you've been splitting up your potions individually. Yeah. I don't remember the last time I drank a potion. Oh, no, we have six greater... Well, okay, so yeah. this is the last time I looked at We have six greater healing potions in the bag. Yes. That's what I thought. Okay, well... And I don't remember using a greater healing potion, but if anyone else does, then it's whatever six minus that is. I don't think we've ran into a situation where we've been like, yeah, down it. Or even remember. Blood is a greater healing potion, so I'm good. Not like that. That's not what I meant. So do we want more, or is six good? I have no idea. I mean, six greater healing potions is well, how many people are coming with us? There's obviously the four of us. And then, then Etsuko and Arvidon. So we have Judah. six so far. So, so maybe get one per person? So I one guess. more? Yeah. Why not? I mean, to add my two standard to the bag, those can go to if someone needs them. Because again, can heal with divine magic. It's true, but we also need you to, like, you know, like, kick ass when necessary, and if you're healing us, you know. Can you both? <laughs> I suppose that's true. You're a paladin, after all. Yes. Yeah. Um, you want your glove? You want your glove? Gauntlet. Sorry. Please. Catch. It returns. Deftly catch glove. <laughs> uh, I guess then just rations. Okay. Yeah, yeah. those can be come by very easily. Yeah. So we'll we'll each need probably like nine days worth of rations. Does uh does Blizz have any sort of small kind of like I don't know, say like hand sized pizzas, perhaps that you could make in like large quantities maybe, that are all kind maybe. of like like some sort of little pocket, some sort of little pillow mm -hmm. of like Zaw. Perhaps on small bagels. Yeah, or perhaps on It's not ideal, but is. Yeah. <laughs> yes, they just they really don't travel well. Oh. <laughs> you think given their size they I mean... would travel, but they don't. That's not... That is like, are we gonna eat uncooked yeah. fucking pizza hot pockets? Nah, is that man, what, we got a neck with the fireballs. We can cook them from very <laughs> far away. Terrible mm, idea. That's not what that's for. <laughs> Burning hands would be a better option. Oh, okay, we can cook them on Cherish's hands. <laughs> yep. Yep. 
Yep. In so a cone. If you want the uh, the Hall of Wonders patented mini calzones, uh, you can be obliged. Oh, not the calzones. Calzones have betrayed me. I'll hold off. For but at least ways, Blizz could also very easily get you the, the trail rations that you're more accustomed to. Yeah. Yeah, let's do that. Hey. Uh, are rations in the DM's guide or not? They're in the player's handbook. Damn it. That makes more sense. Um, But yeah, he can cover the cost for those as well. Oh, Hopefully. oh shit. Okay. Well, the, we're the, ready to go. The wonderful thing about Fair Ames here is seems to be that mostly the costs for things are going to be covered for you by a unknown benefactor. Right. Which is why we should We get recouped on our, our carpet uh, travel. <laughs> Do we have receipts for that? Oh, I'm sending him an invoice at the end of this. You better believe. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately, yeah, House Liondon does not validate carpets. Damn it. Bastards. That's a personal Ugh, really? Ugh. That's some classes bullshit right there, let me tell you. <laughs> no wonder the people down below stay down below. They can't fly anywhere. <laughs> we we need anything else? Are we ready to go? If potions can get covered by House Lyodon, then we might as well get more. That's, that's basically what I was getting at, yes. <laughs> Why stop at seven? Let's get 48 of them. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> well, what are you trying to requisition? I mean, maybe like ten? three more greater healing potions? Sure. That would us at nine for six people and a six-day journey. I will say this much. Anything you're trying to requisition from House Lyodon, A, you kind of have to go through channels, which involves telling Blizz and Blizz telling somebody else. Mm. And so that requires time. Right. Ah. I think we're fine with six greater healing potions and then tears as two standard and also her magic hands. Okay. All right. Uh, waves her magic hands yeah, <laughs> background. Uh, keep, yeah, just uh, keep those safe. Now, the only thing that remains to be seen is what allies you want to bring with you. Obviously, the Riftkeeper allies are on the high priority, so Etsuko and Arbadon. Judah is definitely on the table, but you do have a spare Lawless Pendant now that Kineas is out of the picture. Wamp, wamp. Right. Yeah. Who do we bring? If anybody. If anyone. Your options are, of course, varied. Um, there are plenty mm. of members of House Lyodon who might be asked and might oblige you. There are uh, assorted dragons who might be able to indulge you. Um, there are any number of individuals that you've made contact with over the last few days here in Fair Ames here that might be willing to come with you and help you. Right. Perhaps this I'm... is a discussion that might need to be had between the four of you. Yeah. I mean, if y'all um... aren't against Darren, I mean, he's a dragon. He hasn't really done any dragony things yet, but... 
But he is more sober now, so... And he was able to... Just... To fair aims here. I, I, I mean, if things go bad, it might be useful. Yeah, and I do think that having as many people as we ha I can, and they're by which I mean how many people, how many pendants we have. Mm. I think it would be a good idea to, you know, fill in the last slot. All right. This is going to be very difficult, so we're probably going to need as many hands on deck as we can. Does anybody know where to find Darren? No. <laughs> I mean, Zoom. I don't know. Does he? Is he is associated with House Lyodon. Does he live there? God, we didn't ask. Be bad friends. <laughs> I only to Darren. We're not friends with Darren Dunn. I'm friends with him. I'm, I'm friends with Darren busy. Dunn. It's fine, Terrence. You don't you don't have to be friends with Darren Dunn. It's okay. It's fine. I mean, we we could ask. Yeah, we could also in. we could also ask Shadoran. Shadoran seems to know where to find people. Yeah. Okay. Turns out they just have a tracking beacon on Darren Dunn at all times. It's this big glowy red ball thing hanging from him. We just never noticed it. An ankle bracelet. <laughs> yeah, look at those shark tags. Mm -hmm. You would ask after Darren Dunn, and in quick order, uh, Shadoran would track him down. It seems as though he has been staying down on the lower reaches of Fair Aim Steer. Uh, well, then we'll just ask him on our way out. Okay. After. All right. Any other now? Work? Yeah. The next question is when? When are we leaving? I, I mean, I think right we should. Now. Yeah, we should leave yeah. as soon as possible. I've got both of my spell slots back, so now's as good as time as any. Yeah. How's everybody feeling after our little trip? Fine. You're gonna have to explain the whole thing to me again because that's crazy. Just... Mm hmm. Uh, you do yes. seem to be missing out on you know what's fine whole my experience. job was a lot easier honestly i didn't have to stand in the pool mm -hmm. and touch a thing in a tree i just kind of like poofed it was fine i got a lot of our stuff back and uh yeah. yeah thank you by the way for for doing that yeah really it, it was really hard like really difficult very, very difficult. I had to haggle and barter. He fought me. And the trident. Why didn't you take the trident? trident. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. made out of Why it was you? made out of meat. The meat trident. So <laughs> gross. Yeah, anyways. Anyway. Yeah. So believe that story. Anyways, yes, let's go. Yeah. 
Okay. I rolled deception anyway. <laughs> Just <laughs> so gathering up your allies, Etsuko and Arbadon are ready to go whenever you are. Uh, Judah has sol- stolidly put his uh, his troubles that arose from his venture into the library of the archive uh, behind him, and he is dedicated to your cause as well. As soon as you say the word, every one of your companions begins gearing up. Blizz Fizzle Nozzle is definitely giving you all some concerned looks because only this morning, uh, according to you all anyway, a transplanar threat invaded the city, froze it to a standstill, and attempted to kidnap you away to who knows where. I mean, it was Sigil. And if he mentions it, Tirza will say, and it was it was coming after us, so really fair aims here is pretty safer if we leave. That's as may be, but it begs the question, something powerful enough to get through the wards, get through the bubble, and freeze the whole city? What happens when it doesn't have to go through all of those barriers? Well, I mean, you know, like, the trials. Oh. Hmm. I think we get transported there somehow, or we can exist in that space as ourselves without being affected by it. Either way, it's probably something worth looking into once we get back. Fair enough. I just wish there was more I could do for you all. I mean, not not to be blasé about the whole thing, but we sort of deal with this a lot. Well, okay. I mean, fair enough. And, Liz, you have done a lot for us already. You've let us stay here, so uh, don't feel obligated. I have eaten my, my weight in pizza, so, I mean... It's mostly that I appreciate you. I just feel a little. I mean, I've been feeling useless trapped here, but now knowing that someone's on their way to put a stop to this and I'm not a part of it, I wish you luck. Did did you want to go with us? We do have vacation days built up. Do have a spare lawless? The boss. He can take around. vacation whenever he wants. Well, that's yeah. unethical. <laughs> I'm also he's on lockdown right now, so I do, I'm yeah. also a rift keeper, and I'm not out there closing a rift. It just feels weird. I think that's a fair point. But Darren's not a rift keeper. He's a he dragon. is a dragon. <laughs> that's true. And my skill set might not exactly be useful out there. So, and he'll just shrug. More of a yeah, conjuration I mean, enchantment specialist. Yeah, I mean, if Darren has, you know, gotten his shit together and can actually do, like, ice bolts and freezing people, then yeah. Yeah, we haven't seen it yet, but it'll be good when it, when it works. <laughs> and 
Arvidon and Etsuko will exchange glances behind yeah. you all, just like, okay. <laughs> the idea Aww. of him retching over his sides and stuff like that as we were trying to get it through the portal. Good I mean, falling asleep on the ground. <laughs> I mean, we also, <laughs> it's true, we also don't know if Darren would go with us. Yeah. Judah says, I have not met this Darren person, but if you trust him, I'm sure he is worthwhile. I mean, Joe, you could always. Maybe we should him. take Blizz, actually. <laughs> if the if the image we're putting off is that we trust Darren Dunn, then <laughs> we haven't been advertising He's... ourselves very correctly. It's trying really hard, and no, it's... I. And I'm happy for him that he's getting his life back together. Maybe. And that's about as far as I can go. <laughs> I think that's it. Um, <laughs> well, if... But here's the thing. If Darren's finally getting his life back together and then we're going to ask him to go out into some crazy... some crazy shit... Mm. Should we just send him a message? Uh, sure. Ask. I thought, yeah. Okay. How do you send yeah. him a message? Do we have a message? Strangely enough, it's my only spell. Oh, no, weird. No, 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 no. Hey, I just figured if uh, Doran could locate him, that's true. Know how to? Word yeah, I him. guess maybe we can do that at the same time. Yeah. You just see. I, I just if we're if we're really fast all the time, just if we're still debating. You know, going to stay here and debate who we're going to take. We might as well just ask him. So if he's not an option, we can take him off the table. Right. Yeah. So when we ask Shadoran if she can locate Darren Dunn, then if we if if that if part of her job is sending people messages, then I would ask her to do that. Okay. What message do you send to Darren Dunn just asking if he wants to go save the world with you all? Uh, we're going into the wilding. Do you want to come? <laughs> One last ride for family. Say say it's for from Cherish. Ugh. And in short order, if he received that message from Cherish, uh... You guys are bastards. Yes! <laughs> Darren Dunn would he probably yeah actually would yeah. show up pretty quickly actually mm. yeah he was apparently staying at a at an, a low rentish inn down in the lower levels called the Harlequin and Purse but he will quickly vacate that scenario uh, and make his way back up to the the halls of wonder if sent for yeah. Uh, so it's uh, probably a little bit past two now. You're the the afternoon's winding on as you're sending messages to and fro and uh, getting your supplies in order. And as Blizz is packing up the last of the rations and making sure they're packed away and getting all of your travel packs sorted for you all, Darren Dunn will show up at the the Halls of Wonder again. The upper levels are now vacant except for all of you. Uh, the whole facade having been closed down at least for the time being um are we picking up our usual like extra rations 
Are you? I like, bought. I bought myself nine. Yeah. So. Well, I mean, Blizz is yeah. So. Yeah. Or yeah. yeah. <laughs> also, uh, I have the ability to create food and water. It it's not a like rather not use a spell slot to rely on it. But if we run out, it's an option. I'm just cool. I'm just checking with everyone, making sure we're getting the proper amount of stuff. Yeah. Nine rations. And as you're all gearing up and making sure you have all of your, your magic items stowed and or equipped, Darren Dunn will show up at the front door, uh, not breathlessly or anything, but definitely ex with an expectant look on his face, and he'll try to catch Cherish's eye as he comes in. And it's funnier to me if you guys said to send it to, like, have it be from Cherish, like, without her knowing, so that's how I'm gonna play it. Uh, and Cherish kind of, like, kind of, like, looks at him, like, like, yeah, like, oh, yes, I have seen you, other person, who I am at a neutral position when first seeing. <laughs> and he will take what he can get, and oh. For over Cherish's shoulder, Tirza is, like, big-waving. <laughs> it's like, hey! And Darren will say, Oh, hey, everyone, how's it... How how How, how is everyone? Wow. I, um, I almost died yesterday. <laughs> yeah, not, Actually, not it was great. Actually, like a couple hours ago. Yeah, yeah. That, that was earlier today. Oh. That was earlier today? Whoa. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah I know. Depends right? on which one you're talking about. Like, which time. Mm, oh, oh yeah, it's true. I've clearly missed a bit. Since that was earlier today, did we get a long rest? No. Oh. No. Great. Cool. All right. Awesome. Which is why I was asking when we were going to leave. But... Yeah. Okay. You've probably received a short rest at this point. Yes. Okay. So you can spend hit dice at... if you like. I'm at six HP. Y'all. Wait, warlocks get their. Oh yeah, not HP. I was going to say your spell slots though. Yeah. I mean, if we take a short rest, you can expend hit dice. Which, which we never use which unless I we're closing realm scars, so you might as well. <laughs> I mean, but it takes three days to get there, so if we and don't die between now... recharge every day. They mm -hmm. re half of them recharge every day. Yep. Yeah, so if you use half now, then you'll get the rest of them back. Mm -hmm. God! Frick! Ugh. It's math! Not math. My intelligence is minus one. But Darren looks Mother. not like a thousand percent better. He he's still working through a lifetime of debauched oh, behavior. Uh, yeah. Several lifetimes, lifetimes. several fact. generations. Even, yeah, he might say. <laughs> uh, is his hair combed? His hair is still disheveled. His clothes still look pretty tattered. He's wearing his long coat still. Uh, and, but the, the bags under his eyes aren't there anymore. He, he's clearly standing a little straighter. Um, so he still looks rumpled, but he is not a walking train wreck of a humanoid at this point. You think you could do magic? Uh, um, yeah, probably. Okay. I mean... Cherish, cherish everyone. 
knows he's a dragon, right? We're not like revealing anything around here mm, if we say I it, right? I think only Etsuko and Arbidon know. I'm not okay. sure if Blizz knows. Right. It's a good question. Yeah, I don't want to walk up to her and just be like, hey, can you turn into a dragon now and kind of like fly us to safety kind of thing? Yeah, can, no, I don't think that, that one like... would be... You already yeah, did I... that, and I still feel really bad about it. So yeah, if right. we could talk. Yeah, so I'm gonna. I'm just going to not say anything. Hold on, Darren. Just just one more second. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, hang on, hang on. We have to keep talking about you like you're, you're like you're not here. Why no, are we so bad at people? Right, all right, okay. We're not going to say anything. All right. Hi, Darren. Good to see you. Hi, Grohl. How's it? Uh, well, uh, you almost died. That that sounds... Yeah, Luna Festival can be a rough time sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it was... Uh, fun. Mm. Huh? Uh, it's good. It's good. Did, uh, did uh, Shadoran say why we called for you? Uh, yeah. Oh, you all called, right? Um, of course, sure. Uh, it was everybody. Um, you were. We're all chuckling to Cherish himself. Cherish is like. <laughs> you're uh going out into the 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 wilding, yeah? Yes, and we have an extra pendant, and we are deciding on who the pendant should go to. I we're see going to... pendant. Great. I see two incredible magic users before me, I but I only it. have one lawless pendant in my hand. Yes. <laughs> and yes. that, and that pendant is going to go. Fight. I have constructed an obstacle course that I want both of you to complete. Which one of you can smize better? Mm. It's probably. Uh, no, he's more catalog than editorial. Um, anyway. I hate this conversation. <laughs> it's bad. Yeah, so do you want to go to the Wild Sing or what? Uh, is that something that you think you are up to? And I want you to be honest about it. Yeah. We know you've been through a lot and you got, you're figuring some shit out. So it's okay if you can't. Because our other option is Blizz. And he is a Rift Keeper. So we're. Oh, um. You're going out into the, the Wildling to, to close the Rift then? Yep. Yep. Right. Um. Yeah. 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 I could. I can. I can hack it. All right. It's decided. And he's definitely like once or twice glancing over it. Cherishes resolute face. Uh. Who has Fly the pendants? lands on Cherish's open Cherish eyeball. <laughs> <laughs> like, you joke about that, but there's flies in my apartment right now. Uh, I, I believe Cherish has all the lawless pendants. Yeah, I do. Perfect. Um, should I distribute them now, or like, like, like in a cool way? We line up. We all like mm. walk in kind of like a a dis, like a uh, cascading mm -hmm. line up to mm -hmm. the edge of the wilding, and then. Mm -hmm. I go and put everyone's pendants on them and like give them meaningful looks directly in the eye. And I, then I put mine on and we go. And it's like I, an anime. I think there's no other way to do it, Cherish. I think that's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I think I thought you'd be into that. Yeah. For sure. Maz is going to let out an aggravated sigh <laughs> in the back of your mind. 
Uh-huh. Listen, this is all I have right now. <laughs> so any other preparations you want to make before venturing forth? And do you even want to venture forth today? All right. So one, one concern I have with that, do you think we should go as soon as possible? But what Paul and Sid were saying, it sounds like there's a lot uh, concentrated around the edges of Fair Ames here. Yeah. Well, you know that the, the journey would basically come in three phases. There is the suburbs of Fair Ames here, which have been consumed by the Wilding. There are citizens of the city who are still out there who have gone uh, quite bananas in the the fo- magical folds of that strange extraplanar protrusion. Beyond that, there are the plains to the southeast, because again, Fair Ames here sits beyond the woodlands of the Eastwood. So there is an open plain between you and the edge of the mountains to the southeast where you think the Realm Scar lies. And so that would be the third leg of the journey would be into the mountains to find the Realm Scar itself. You have a pretty good idea of where it is because of that massive bloom of energy coming out of the mountains that seemed to be a pretty big X where it marks the spot. Basically just do we want to try to brave the suburbs before we are all at maximum capacity. I don't think we should leave Aramseer unless we are at maximum capacity. That doesn't necessarily like mean we idea. need to wait and that doesn't necessarily mean we need to take a long rest. Uh, perhaps we can get healed within the city before we leave. That's definitely possible. Mm-hmm. Big fan of that idea. Really big fan of that idea. And the other th- the other concern I have is that if if we leave now, it won't be that much longer until night. Um, obviously, we're going to be running into uh, you know, nightfall at some point while on our journey. Well, several times. Um, but as few as possible might be yeah. possible would be ideal. It's not a bad idea. It's oddly prudent of you, Sid. Honestly, you know, I have my moments. <laughs> this is one of the better ones, says Stormpiercer. Th- thanks. So much love. <laughs> yeah, fine. I'm. I'm just. I'm just anxious to get out there and. Um, we all are. Yeah. I'm here. I'm not quite as anxious. I'm hurting over here. I'd like to. Let's see. Can we find that those helos, please? Uh, sure. Cool. Okay. So the plan is to get patched up and then head out this evening, or hold off until first light so that you can make the most of a full day. Uh, we haven't decided yet, I guess. No, it's it's fine. I understand. I wasn't thinking about about everybody. 
you go get Growl patched up. Um, I'll see you guys at dinner. Okay. Okay, so is anybody else going with Sid and Growl to go get some healing? Um, here's a, like, makes like she's gonna follow after Cherish, but I think changes her mind, and yeah, I'll go with. Okay. You would be directed by your compatriots towards the the houses of Corellan, uh, up on the 15th level. It's one of the, the primary churches of the, uh, the, the Church of Corellan, um, as well as the entire Elvish pantheon at which Corellan sits at the head. Um, Finding your way there is easy enough. It's one of the largest buildings and seems to be constructed out of one entire branch of one of the trees of Fair Ames here is conducted towards the gods. And it sort of stretches across multiple levels. And closer to the trunk, there is a place of worship for Corellan. Well, as the, the trunk tapers away, uh, more extant gods have places and temples. So, uh, you are directed specifically towards the the house of Corellan, as that is, like, the place where you're most likely to find magic users, as opposed to just people who worship a god. Um, question, Mike, because I know the... I'm totally blanking on Corellan's A district in Stormhaven. Is that called Corellan's? Uh, you're talking about uh, the northern district of Stormhaven? Mm-hmm. Um, that is... Where's my Stormhaven map? Is Green Terrace. Okay. There um, was like some eat imagery that I noticed up there that seemed like elvish in nature. Is there any going into this this area of Fair Ames here? Um, glancing around and knowing specifically what to look for, you would definitely notice that in fact, a lot of the apertures of Fair Ames here, if they're not specifically constructed to look a certain way, just kind of on their baseline, the apertures that lead into the superstructure have sort of a, a gate-like quality to them. Um, and as you're specifically looking around at the religious symbology that is worked into the outer superstructure, um, you see that a lot of the... A lot of the depictions of Corellan are formless and vague in a way that is definitely reminiscent of those strange figures you found in that uh, random book in the Planar Library. Oh. I forgot to ask Blizz if I could keep that. Um... Yeah. So yeah. Interesting. All right. And Mike, the the where we think the realm scar that's to the south, southeast. I don't remember. Southeast. Oh, okay, gotcha. 
could. Let's see. Um, I will send you all a copy of the Realm Scar map right now, just so you oh, all sweet. have it again. I'm pretty sure I sent you all this at some point, but it's been so long. Yeah. Uh, I think I might have given it to you when the old mage first mentioned that, oh yeah, there are realm scars everywhere. Um, so some of these realm scars that uh, are on this map have already been closed by yours truly. Um, but the... Ours the... truly. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> but the... There are a couple on here that uh, have either not been encountered yet, or um, you've only had vague ideas about them. And we're on three of five. One. And those five were the ones that the old mage told you about that had activity of the cult really? around them. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. So yes, you'll see that there is one to the southeast of Fair Ames here. As well as one fairly close to Stormhaven, which you've never investigated, and nope. one to the southwest of Fort Verge, which you know there is trouble a brewing down there. Yeah, it's fine. Got the B team on it. We'll handle it. It's cool. <laughs> Super good. So good at the job. Uh, so yeah, you find the acolytes of Corellan to be. Uh, Warm, inviting, and uh, somewhat curious about uh, where you sustained these wounds, but uh, they won't necessarily go out of their way to try to pry that information out of you. Uh, Sid, are you disguised when you come in here? Yes. Okay. Uh, as you get healed up, it's not difficult. It takes a little while because none of these people are like, super powerful uh, spellcasters. They're all casting Cure Wounds at level 1 trying to top you off. Um, and you mm -hmm. exhaust several acolytes trying to get topped off, but eventually you do. You're doing great. Love your work. If Tirza could also uh, take advantage yeah. of that. Yeah, absolutely. It seems as though the healthcare system in a place that is full of magic is great. Uh, and Ooh. anyone who wanders off, in off the street who needs healing is welcome to get it in the houses of Corellan. Uh, and there's definitely uh, an option as you're being healed up. Is like, you want it scarred? You want it not scarred? Some kids, they mm -hmm. like the scars. Yeah, no, no, no scars. I got plenty no of scars. Yeah. <laughs> I'm already pretty enough. I don't, I don't need to add to the cool factor. Uh, there's definitely one or two priests that are uh, looking you up and down, Grawl, giving you the just like, oh, hmm, Hobgoblin. That's a notch I don't is have it... on the old bedpost yet. Aha, okay, cool. <laughs> I was going to ask, is that, is, that a, is that a looking me up and down with like a, like a, uh, or is it like a, There is a, there is, Listen, a, se there is a sexy element to the elvish gods that cannot be denied. <laughs> you said notches on bedposts, and I don't think you said it on accident, so... No. We have, we yeah. have a new <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go have fun, kids. Go have fun. I've got uh, healing to do. No, I'm not doing that. Okay. Yes. Not, though. It's always an option. Arbidon's doing it! <laughs> Arbidon is Arbidon. And 
Arbidon got this out of the way last night when he was told you were all going to make these lawless pendants. Okay. He assumed he's smarter than he looks. The man's efficient. Well, he's smart in very specific fields. Um, And that is hitting things till they die and getting laid. Love. (laughs) So yeah, you all eventually get healed up and uh, the... There's definitely some raised eyebrows uh, about the three of you in the the Houses of Healing. Uh, Sid, are you alleviating yourself of uh, the services here? Nope. Okay. We're availing yourself, I should have said. Um, Yeah, that's probably for the best. The illusion, you know, doesn't stand up to people touching you. I was fortunate enough to not be hit during the last fight. Okay, so uh, the three of them are off for a couple of hours getting this done. Cherish, are you up to anything specific in the meantime? I think that she goes downstairs, picks a book at random off of a shelf, and like is reading it, but like, just like leg bouncing up and down, probably not like even actually reading it. Oh, be careful. Okay. Eventually, Etsuko would approach you and say quietly, are you all right? Yeah. I do not mean to be rude, but I think that was a lie. It is fully work. <laughs> it is fully work. <laughs> <laughs> Totally worth the setup. I just want to get this over with as soon as possible. We have other things to do and other realm scars to close. So I just anxious to get this over with. I understand that. The valley is clearly in a great deal of danger. I hope you are able to get a little bit of rest, though, before we leave. Me too. They look to you for leadership. You know that, right? Yes. Even if they won't admit it, you are the one who makes decisions most of the time, it seems. Maybe I shouldn't be, though. I haven't been doing a very good job of it lately. There are many forces at work here that we cannot predict. You're doing your best with the information you have. But I could be doing better. Someone else could be doing better. But they are not here. You are.
And then I don't think I'm a very good replacement. Well. I, for one, am glad to follow your lead, Cherish. You are wise beyond your years. And it could be much, much worse. It could be Arbidon leading this. Cherish kind of chuckles in spite of herself. I'm sure... I'm sure he would just want to run in headfirst without figuring it out at all. Yes, and... If I have learned anything in the last few... Wow, it has only been about a week we have traveled together. Yeah, that's, uh, that is, that happens when you're with us. Lots of stuff happens in a very short amount of time. But I have felt closer to all of you than I have felt to anyone in my years as a Riftkeeper or as... And she'll kind of like look down at her huge blue body. This strange family that you have all constructed. It works. And that is more than can be said for many others in the valley. Well... I'm glad we did something right. She will nod a little awkwardly, unsure of how to finish the conversation. She'll. Oh, Cherish doesn't know either, so it's a lot of awkward nodding. Yeah. And yeah, eventually your companions return. And by then it is early evening. Is there anything else any of you would like to accomplish? People you want to speak to, supplies you want to requisition. Sounds as though you intend on making we're way staying. at first light. If we're staying, could always requisition stuff from House Lyodon. I think it's necessary, Sid. If you want to, I guess. Yeah. I can do that. What would you like to requisition? You want to get more potions, correct? I think it was you, you that wanted to get more potions, but yeah, that's what potions. I meant. <laughs> yeah, throwing it out there. It's a pretty good idea, Sid. Like, it's one of my favorite ideas that you've ever had. The infinite bag. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I guess I can go get some more potions. I don't know how many we need, but we'll just see how much we can fashion up by the morning. How many do you ask for? Yes. Remember that your dad is trying to make amends. <laughs> yes, remember that he's trying to buy your love with all of the <laughs> healing potions. <laughs> 
<laughs> There's a little heel tears uh, and shoulders. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I mean, number right. two. Build the rift. Right. <laughs> yeah. no, no. the rift in your relationship with potions. Mm -hmm. Poor Darren Dunn over there is trying to get Cherish's attention, just like hey, and you're just like, yeah, guilt him into getting you shit. I no, I'm trying to stay as far away from the situation as possible so that I'm not tempted to do that. <laughs> How many potions are you asking for? Awesome. Six greater healing potions. Okay. Nice. Then you all get a long rest. Get your spell uh, slots back. I'm so sorry. I would like to ask Blizz if I can take Getchbook. Uh yeah, he would absolutely allow that. Um he like he doesn't even recognize the book, honestly. He's like, You found this downstairs? Huh. Uh, I've never seen it before. I, I mean, it's yours if you want it. Thank you. It means a lot. Well, good. Yeah, I'm sure. I, probably another rift keeper or something left it here. And th and thank you, by the way. For... No, we kind of already went over this, but you're. Haven't been useless or anything. Or, uh, I mean, he now have a better idea of what we're doing, which we really didn't before. And apparently, what we were doing was really dangerous. So, hmm. it's a lot. Oh, at least I could help with that. If you got any last minute questions, now's the time, I guess. Keeping, uh, I mean, I don't really have anything to do with that. I just well, you never know. I don't even know what I do. <laughs> you pour power into the diagram. Your friends shape the spell, but without your power, they wouldn't be able to get it done. Well, that's. And what what you all do has given me some real crazy ideas about what's even possible with this sort of thing. Imagine if all four of you were trying to focus the spell the way Sid does all at the same time. What would that even look like? What would that do? Is it even possible? Again, these are all questions, but I wouldn't recommend trying to answer them this time around. Well, maybe the time we get back we'll have geared out something new for us to try. We'll see what I can do. Okay. And then you all get a long rest. Can I uh, before I go to sleep just focus on the, the rings that Lucidian gave me? Do they... Sure. They, because I don't even know fully how they work. Mm -mm. Does it require attunement? Or you've attuned to magic items before, so you kind of have a feel for how that's done. These okay. don't seem to function like that. Okay. So if you, if you I... were to 
focus on the rings. I mean, they're, like I said, two very bright copper rings on a silver chain. But they're magic? I'm trying... Maybe I misunderstood. The implication was that they're magic of some kind. But I don't know how it works. Oh. Um, inspecting them now for kind of the first time, um, you can see that there is elvish script written on the inside of both rings. Mm. Uh, each of them says something different. What do they say? Uh, one of them says blade, and the other one says uh, love. Blade, love. Hmm. Well, I guess there's not much I can do with it. Yeah, and I guess I go to go sleep. Okay. Yeah. I mean, just leave the the rings where they are. Uh, on the on the chain. Yeah. I mean, it, it's a simple silver chain. It looks like they could it could be undone, and the rings could be taken off if you wanted to. Is the point of getting? Um, I will. Where I will wear the chain around my neck. I guess. I don't okay. know. There is a, a warmth to the rings as they rest against your chest. Yeah. Okay. okay. Um. Yeah. Unless there was any specific investigation you wanted to do with the rings. I I mean I'm not really good at like arcana or anything, but like could I try and figure out how how they are magical? I guess. Um. Uh, yeah, that would just require some, I guess, experimentation on your part. Yeah. I don't know what Sid would do to try to experiment with these things. But like put put them on or something. That's up to you. Yeah, sure. I mean, yeah, why not? Um. That. Do you do that? Yeah. Okay. Uh, which one do you put on? Uh, blade. Okay. Uh, as soon as you slip the ring on your finger and it is fixed tightly, you. Where are you doing this? Uh, in like one of the rooms down in um. Uh, hall the halls of wonder. Okay. As soon as you put the ring on, the room around you disappears. And it's this ex like really, really uh, sudden change of scenery and velocity as you're suddenly running. And you can hear your own breath pumping in your uh, ears. You can feel the weight of... Uh, chainmail around you. Your arms are pumping to either side. And like your brain is telling you your body's not actually moving, but all of your senses are telling you that this is what's happening. Okay. There is a little from nearby and like glancing to the side, you see a little pseudo dragon flying next to you. Uh, you rec recognize it as a, a bit of a more svelte version of the pseudo dragon puck. Mm -hmm. uh, ahead of you, you see a 
wooden door being just completely annihilated by a huge hulking frame carrying a gigantic maul. And they let out a... And there's a burst of hot wind that comes from nowhere, and the door explodes inward. Uh, glancing over your shoulder, you see somebody in loose robes, like, picking up the, the hems of their robes and trying to follow with, like, uh, a loose hammer in one hand. Uh, this excessively tall woman who's trying to keep up. And just ahead of you is... Um, Angela, who's going to dart through the door as soon as it explodes inward. And you can hear the ring of steel and the clash of arms, and as you watch, you see from your point of view, you enter through the door, passing what is clearly uh, a large half-orc woman, um, though she is have way less years on her face than you've seen before. This is clearly Kalkin, and uh, she has got this just, like, crazed look in her eyes, the complete bloodshot sclera, um, and she's got this horrific-looking smile in her toothy mouth, uh, like she's about to start doing some real damage. Um, and you feel yourself kind of, like, jitter to the side a little bit as you sidle into the room, um, and... Striking forward, you find Angela in the midst of a ring of hobgoblins. Uh, she is fighting three of them by herself in a flourish of parrying strokes. Uh, you come into position behind one of the hobgoblins and strike them with a, a long slashing downwards cut with your longsword. And there's this flash of... Scarlet and Crimson, there is a, a roar as one of these hobgoblins goes down. You extend a hand and shoot a bolt of flame out of an armored gauntlet uh, after the sword string hits, and in the hellish light that erupts from another struck hobgoblin, uh, Angela's hair flares backwards, and she has this positively angelic smile on her face in the heat and the fire of this fight, and it, the image just stops there. Hmm. Uh, I take off then, the ring? Yeah, after about a half second, as it's, like, stopped at that moment, it'll reset. Gotcha, okay, I take off the ring. Uh, wow, that was amazing. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on the other one, I guess. <laughs> gotta. Yeah, I gotta put on the other one. Okay. You put on the ring yeah. marked love. Yes. Okay. Yeah, put on the other ring, Seder. <laughs> As you put on that ring, uh, the same thing happens. The room around you just suddenly vanishes, and. There is, as opposed to the last one, which was just all violence and movement and noise, uh, followed by that still image of this is Angela in her element of carnage as Lucidian saw her during their first adventure together. Um, this transports you to a quiet, still moment where... 
you can see from your point of view your hands that aren't your hands, they're Lucidian's hand, gripping a railing, looking out towards... It's a body of water. You, you're unsure exactly where it is. Uh, it's nighttime. There is the sound of crickets. It is hot. You can feel a, a dry heat, but the wind kicking up off of the water is a pleasant sensation across your face. Staring down, you see the form of Angela at the water's side. She is slowly cleaning the sword blade. Uh, she's stripped down to the waist uh, of her armor. Um, her shortish hair kind of uh, frazzled, and she's clearly working on cleaning all of her uh, armor and weapons, like down at the waterside. And she will turn, get a smirk on her face, and raise the biggest middle finger towards you. And it just kind of freezes there as she's got this playful smile on her face and a rude gesture on her hand, staring up at, presumably, Lucidian. Okay. I take off the ring and I go to bed. Okay. You all wake up in the morning, refreshed, full of jittery anticipation of what is to come, I'm sure. Uh, though some of you now have uh, several new images and thoughts to, to bolster you in your adventures going forward. Uh, but today, with the aid of your allies and the supplies you've garnered, you are about to head out into the wilding. But before we do that, I think it is there that we're going to take our break. Mm -hmm. And uh, when we come back... Let's see if those lawless pendants work, shall we? <laughs> Greetings, my friends. I am Omatep Duskwalker, owner and proprietor of Duskwalker Import and Export TM. Here today to talk to you about a very interesting spell that can lead to some very interesting magical items. The spell is called Encode Thoughts. This is a very useful enchantment cantrip that is said to have its origins on the plain of Ravnica. Simply by putting your finger to your head, you can pull a memory, an idea, or a message from your mind and transform it into a tangible string of glowing energy that is called a thought strand. Additionally, if you cast this spell while you're concentrating on a spell that lets you read or manipulate the minds of others, such as detect thoughts or modify memory, you can in fact pull thought strands from other people. And then, if you cast this spell again while holding a thought strand, even if it is not one that you have made, you can read what is on that strand. Useful, but sort of creepy. But did you know that these thought strands can actually be used for a multitude of different things other than simply just passing messages or tearing the minds of people apart? Powerful enchanters can also imbue thought strands onto magical items. This could let you put things like secret instructions or your favorite memories into an object. Or if you wanted to go full tragic poetry about things, you could put a painful memory into a weapon. 
Here at Duskwalker Import and Export TM, I have many items that contain memories of people long forgotten. Some of them are quite useful, like a ring that teaches you how to cast a very specific spell. Some of them, not so much, like a necklace that just screams. Like, a lot. And only you can hear it. It's not even like a loud, audible scream that might distract somebody. No, it's just you wear this necklace and you get to hear screaming all the time. Ugh, it's not a very good necklace. Anyway, if you happen to be able to cast the spell Detect Thoughts and have a few extra thought strands lying around, maybe bring them to your old friend Omatep and we'll see what we can do about slapping that sucker into an item. But until you do, let's get you back to the action. And welcome back to Material Components. When last we left our heroes, they had done their requisitioning and supplying before heading out into the wilding. They had also got the services of one Darren Dunn, as they had a spare lawless pendant now that Canaeus is incommunicado, seemingly trapped in that strange hybrid plane, uh, having been left behind. Yep. <laughs> But Dragon's least, back, baby. The least ways your friendly neighborhood, Darren Dunn, is now back and here to help in any way he can. And we He's... probably won't leave him to die. Probably. Uh, your track record where that's concerned is dubious at best, but we <laughs> shall see. <laughs> We're such good heroes, guys. <laughs> so you We've all... saved him every time. Come on. Yeah. You awake on the 17th of so, well-rested, recuperated, and fully supplied to strike out into the wilding. It's... Health points. In, unless, unless somebody objects, it's probably early, early. Yes. At, like, as early as we can while still getting a full rest. Okay. So, you're trying to make it out there at first light, and mm -hmm. so you do. You are met on your way out of the Halls of Wonder by the familiar faces of Blizz Fizzle Nozzle and uh, Suorin Lyodon. Um, they're, as you're leaving, they are making sure you've got everything, making sure you're ready to go, and uh, Suorin would glance to you Sid and ask to if he could speak to you alone for a minute before you leave. Uh, yeah. Um, and he'll pull you aside, uh, and uh, like he'll ask to like take you outside of the the sky dock for a moment while everyone else is kind of clustering up there. Yeah, sure. Um, so stepping outside, he'll take you around a corner, um, and he'll say. Your father was not certain if he should come this morning. Guess that's up to him. I... If he wants to, he can. Would you want to see him before you leave? Uh... Yes. Oh, that's good, or else this, was a bit, this would have been very awkward. And he'll reach and he'll pull a ring off his finger, and suddenly Lucidian Lyodon is standing <laughs> there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah, that would have 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. That would have been. Uh... Okay. Yeah. Yes. I. I I thought I might trade you this for the hat. Uh, yeah. Um, are you sure? I mean, it's not. I mean, you've seen this hat, right? It's it's not pleasant to look at. It's a very nice hat. Kind of fries. why I'm offering the trade. Uh, yeah, I would be more than happy to. Yeah, no son of mine should go about wearing a hat like that. Yeah, I, I'm gonna have to have a word or two with Omatev about selling us this kind of shit because this is not this will not. It do. was the discount. <laughs> it was yes, um, and, and also you weren't originally meant to be wearing the hat. No, my tarnished well, ass can wear that shit all day, but you. Is this so? This ring is same basic thing. Same idea. Yes. Uh, okay. Um, I put on the rings last night. Oh. Um, well. I didn't fully know what to expect. Um, I, I probably should have explained those. I. Well, I figured it out, so, um. Yeah, uh, thank thank you for that. I needed I needed to I needed to see her. Um, yeah, yeah. I needed I needed to see her. End of sentence. I guess. Well, I could think of no better way of seeing her. Those were the moments I fell in love with your mother. Um, do you need, uh, and I sort of, I have the, I have the rings around, uh, my neck. Are you sure you don't want to hold on to these? No, no, I, I, you should have them, I think. I, uh. I still have those memories. It's not like they got dragged out of my head or anything. It's just much clearer with the rings, you know. So, no, I, I think it's it's best if you have them, though. Well, um, yeah, thank you. I didn't know I... Yeah, it's just it's just a weird feeling. Um, yes. You are going out into the wilding, so I'm just... You're, you're welcome back when you, when you, when you come back, you know, or any yeah, oh. after that as well. Yeah, we will, um, we will definitely stop off before we head down south, um, there's a few there's another conversation I need to have um 
does shit I'm struggling to remember what was her name what's her name which one the the uh oh Lyvera um I assume I assume that Lyvera is aware at this point probably put two and two together I haven't been super subtle so you know uh, if, if she hasn't um, she will soon enough I'm sure uh, she she was aware of your existence before whether or not she knew who you are wandering around the city uh, well I haven't exactly gone out of my way to to explain things in the last few days. It's uh, well, it's it's really awkward. Yeah, you know that's that's fair. I um, Angie wanted to talk to me. Um, I haven't had a chance to do that yet we've kind of had our hands full but she, she you saw her then brief briefly uh while we were stopping up at and checking in the sewer and um yeah i i would like it if the two of you got to know each other I think, well, I, I, I don't fully know what she thinks about all of this, but I think I certainly owe it to at least have a conversation. So if you could just let her know that we'll be back. Yes, of course. I'll, I'll, I'll tell her. Uh, well, I, yes, well, yeah, we should. Mm -hmm. um, uh, would it be weird if I walked back in not looking like Suoran? I don't care, it's up to you, man. Right, and Lucidian and Lydon will follow you back in. And uh, <laughs> definitely surprise a couple people, including uh, Darren Dunn. She's like, oh, hey, it's... And the two of you, uh, oh, that's, that's great, yeah? Yeah, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, I forgot to mention Darren's coming with us. There's a roll to 22 on her insight, so she's not surprised at all. <laughs> yeah, like, a, a bad stupid. impression. <laughs> Making it sound a little too old, you know? Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> they all sound the same. Whoa. And, uh, yeah, Darren Dunn has a, a big stupid smile on his face when he sees the two of you walk back in. All right. We going? 
And Sid, you look like yourself? Yeah. Okay. You saddle up and you leave. Not before getting my bucket hat. <laughs> Get your bucket hat back from Sid. Oh, I thought I thought that um that he gave it to Lucidian. I think it I mean, I think the idea is that he was just giving me that ring. I don't think he oh, okay. desperately needed that bucket hat. Because it's not yours to give away. It's it's it really I'm isn't. saying. Yeah. Dog, yeah. Buy your own bucket hat. What the hell? <laughs> I'm like the worst type of friend, you know, like I'll borrow clothes from people and I'm like, oh yeah. Yeah, you can just you can you have, can have it. that. <laughs> Okay, so uh, bucket hat reacquired. Uh, Lucidian would awkwardly uh, give it back to Cherish. No, no, <laughs> Never no, no. no. It's Make ugly the... as sin, but... <laughs> Make the king of, uh, uh, of fair aims here wear the stupid bucket hat. I want to see it. Uh... Brought low by a hat. So the eight of you saddle up and uh, head off. Making your way down to the lowest levels of Fair Ames here. The mood in the city has definitely toned down uh, from yesterday, uh, where the, the revelry of the Lunar Festival was continuing. Now the streets are a little bit more desolate during the daylight hours, especially this early in the morning. The The nightlife of Fair Ames here is sort of winding down as you make your way down to the lowest levels. Well, not the lowest levels, but the, the ground levels of Fair Ames here. And moving outwards in a south easterly direction, I would assume. Just so you're getting towards the edge of the city in the direction you want to head. Yeah. Mm. As you get closer and closer to the edge of the city, you definitely begin drawing looks from people. There is a procession of you, uh, two of which are minotaurs, one of which is a hobgoblin, one of which is a tiefling, and mm. uh, one of which looks like one of the heads of the high houses is striding... Uh, towards the very edge of the city wards. Yeah, you're definitely a striking group. <laughs> I would say, weirdly enough, Darren Dunn is the only one who looks <laughs> inconspicuous. <laughs> We're freaking beautiful, y'all. Yeah. We look so good. We look so good. And as you begin approaching the edges, you notice less and less people, uh, or the people you do see look more and more like fringe society types, people who don't necessarily want to be associating with folk of the up-and-ups of the city. Pretty soon, you see that shimmering blue wall of energy in front of you, semi-transparent, above you probably a few hundred feet in the air, is those massive sigils that are burned into the energy itself. These huge, you know, there's 13 of these symbols that ring the city, but there's just happens to be one football size, football field sized one above you. And yeah, you stand at the edges of the wards, looking out into the somewhat destroyed city beyond. There is suburb out there, and you see that a lot of the vegetation and wildlife has reconsumed chunks of fair aims here out there. There is plant growth in voluminous quantities spreading out over the buildings. 
just a, a little ways away, you see what might have, in another circumstance, been a pack of wild dogs is instead a huge four-headed beast that is an amalgam of a bunch of dogs glued together to create this horrible monstrosity that, like, lopes through a a, a side alley and down chasing something. Squirrel. Probably a squirrel. Big-ass squirrel. Like a big squirrel <laughs> good, two tails good. and flying. Good, good boy. Yeah, you're at the edge of the wards. Yeah, so I do that thing where after we've all cascaded, stepped right in front of the, the thing, I go and I put everyone's pendants on while making meaningful eye contact with them. And then I put my own on. Make meaningful eye contact with Darren Dunn? I said I was going to make meaningful eye contact with everyone, so... <laughs> That's why I asked. <laughs> I said it earlier, and I said it just now, so... It's a little bit of a struggle to get the, the pendants onto the minotaurs. Getting them past the horns is a, a tricky bit. Uh, Etsuko definitely has to lean down so that you can get it over her neck. And Carl definitely just puts a hand out for his. <laughs> I put it on you anyway. <laughs> you gotta jump for that, son. Okay. <laughs> Cheers, she's got hops. Roll for jumps. <laughs> so who is the first one through? Uh, bef Cheers. actually, bef before that, yeah, Tirza will say, you should probably go in one at a time, or at least have one person go in first, just in case. I think yeah. as Tirza's saying that, Cherish is walking in. Oh, god damn it. Cherish, you walk through the barrier. There is no physical impediment. You just walk straight through. There's a bit of a tingling sensation as the energy cascades around you. But then you're on the other side, and everything seems fine. The air here is hot and muggy. It's, uh, there's definitely precipitation in the air, and you can already feel yourself beginning to sweat as soon as you step outside. Uh, oh we should have bought safari clothes. Damn it. There is a cascade of noise as you exit as well. There's a chittering of insects and the, the, the cry of birds far ahead. Uh, you'll hear the, the crashing of something breaking through a building distantly. And there's a, a thrum that you feel of just, like, alive. Everything here is living and growing and actively trying to survive. Hmm. But other than that, you feel normal. There's more meaningful eye contact as Tears of yeah. Layers at Cherish through the through the barrier. Fly Cherish flying around Girl's face and he's swatting. Resolute. <laughs> Who's next? Alright. Right. Are there are there people sort of watching us do this? There's not a, an insubstantial number of people. It's not like a crowd or anything, but there's definitely like four or five people distant in the road, having watched this procession march towards the edge and just walking out. I Do we want to try to come back in for like a test, or do we, do we just, we're all just going? Anyone? Darren passes through the barrier after Cherish. 
All right, Who's let's it do it. Goes next. Oh, no. I'm sure I'll be fine. Let's go. I'll, I'll stick my hand back through the barrier as soon as I cross over. For you, Grawl. <laughs> and it seems as though Tirza is able to stick her hand back through the barrier. From what you've been told, if the the wilding was affecting you, that shouldn't be possible. All right, then. Shall we? And everyone else gathers their nerves and strides through. Um, Sid, I'm assuming you do this as well. I don't want to speak for you. Uh, I just give I just give everybody a feral wave, <laughs> and I <laughs> say, "Be back in a bit," and walk through. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna. Cartwheel through the do backflip <laughs> through the barrier or something. No, no, that sick flip shit that comes later. <laughs> the last person to be on the fair aims here side of the barrier is Judah. He stands a little nervously, one hoof sort of grinding against the the road. As you glance back and you see him, he's definitely having some kind of decision he's making in his own head. But as he watches Arbidon stride through and Arbidon kind of like patting himself down, seems to not have a giant hole in his chest because for some reason he thought that's what was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> My head didn't explode or anything. Great. Awesome. <clears throat> yeah. Things are looking up. Unless you're looking down. And eventually he'll stare back at the crowd that you just waved at Sid and then kind of shake his head and charge through the barrier. And then you are all like outside. Him a little arm clasp comes through and just like and he yeah, bud. <laughs> that's the that's the under undertone. Mm -hmm. He gives you a, a grateful nod. Yeah, now you are all out. In the wilding. It is hot, it is muggy, it feels like a, a rainforest out here. And Immediately sweating in my plate armor. <laughs> oh, yeah. My scale mail. As soon as you're in it, I need everyone to give me perception checks. Can't roll oh, yeah. above Ooh, a ten. Okay. I got a twenty. At twenty. Ooh, nice. At a seven. Fourteen for me. Also a fourteen. Okay. Cheris is the only one to notice this. Um, <gasps> glancing around, you're still in the. Tall buildings surround you. Uh, there's tenement buildings. They don't seem as robust as the buildings within Fair Ames here proper. These seem to be actual, like, sung constructions, as opposed to being built out of the superstructure of Fair Ames here. Mm -hmm. So there, there's definitely a limit to what Fair Ames here, the structure, is capable of. And apparently those wards mark the, the edge of that capability. Gotcha. 
So you're all glancing around a little nervously, a little with anticipation about that you're finally doing it and everything seems to, at least for now, being going okay. And you can definitely see the sky from where you are and Cherish, you would be the only one to notice that there are some weird textures in the sky above you. The, the clouds seem to be flowing around certain shapes that you can't see. It looks like vapor that is being dispersed by some kind of invisible thing. Sky spiders. It's the sky spiders. And there's like weird little vapor lines in the sky itself that gives the illusion of texture. It's very strange. Hmm. Um, I know it's probably a little obvious, but uh, everyone keep your eye out in every direction. <laughs> okay. Yep. Arbidon pulls out his uh, big old axe. Etsuko has her book ready to go. Judah kind of tightens the wraps on around his wrists and hands. And Darren Dunn is just standing there, kind of like arms held out in front of him. Ready to go. Yeah. Stereotypical, like, ma magic caster pose. <laughs> Where do you go? Southeast. Okay. Let's do it. Do it. Uh, question for the group. Are we trying to move subtly at all or not so much? I mean, oh, there's a bunch of us, so I'm not going to do so well on that. Yeah, there are definitely a couple of you among the group that probably aren't best suited for stealth. Etsuko would do okay, but Arbidon, eh, not so much. Should I we think... keep everybody... Oh, go ahead, Cherish. Oh, I I mean... It's probably going to be difficult for us to not draw too much attention to ourselves, but the least amount that we can do is probably going to be for the best. We don't want to be fighting every second that we're getting there. Yes. Etsuko says she can help a little bit with that. She can cast uh, Pass Without a Trace. Okay. Yeah. And so long I mean, as you I all can stay make close. Of us invisible too. So, Probably not burn that one right away, but yeah, I can do it. Thank you. Um, it'll only last an hour, so that's a bit of a problem. Uh, uh, hopefully, that'll get us through. Pass without a trace is only an hour. Mm-hmm. Oh, For some reason I thought it was longer than that. Nope. I don't know what's good for short here. sprints of being very, very sneaky. And by short, I mean an hour. So, like, yeah, yeah it's pretty short. Relatively speaking. Yeah. So, you head southwest in a somewhat stealthy fashion? So, uh, yeah, we're going southeast and trying not to die. Could I scout ahead and communicate back with you guys? Uh, you have the the. Don't. 
Yep. Yeah, I got the stone. Um, that way I can at least let everybody know if we're about to stumble into something super crazy. Okay. So here is how the traversal is going to work. This is a good old fashioned skill challenge. Hooray. Yeah. A while. It has been a while. A while. Uh, the four of you will each choose a skill, uh, preferably one you're proficient with, um, yep. to roll to try to get you traversing through the first stage of your journey. A th uh, three out of four successes is a success. Uh, two out of four successes means there is a 50-50 chance of a random encounter of some kind. If you fail three out of the four, there will be a random encounter of some kind. <laughs> okay. uh, if we do stealth, will we get the bonus of um, the Ko's Pass Without Trace? That is if you want her to cast it, yes. So it's up to you. You can tell um, her to cast it whenever you see fit to need it. Yeah, I was going to... I was going to... I think for mine, I was going to stealth um, and scout ahead um, and try and, like, keep an eye out for potentially stumbling into... I guess that would also be perception, but... Um, uh, to help us avoid stumbling into a big encampment of crazy monsters. I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Um, yeah, so long as you can justify the skill, I'll allow it. So if you want to yeah. roll stealth for that, absolutely. Um, what does everybody else got? Um, come on, come on. I'm probably going to have to go with perception. Okay. I can't intimidate my... I can't intimidate <laughs> the, the wilding to be like, don't mess with me. So long as you can justify it, if Grawl wants to stand out in front of the party going grrr to passing wildlife, you can absolutely try that. <laughs> since, since these plants, since this whole place is magic as hell, mm. um, could I, could I persuade you to let me use Arcana to be like, hey, that magic plant's super duper bad, so we should steer, like, basically being like, a boy scout but a magic version okay or would yeah, you still sure. no, i'll allow okay. it um I, I will say this much for the second and third stage of this uh venture i, I will require you all to choose a different skill each time oh boy <laughs> so feel free to use the ones you're best at now if you want uh or you can ramp up because the the difficulty rating uh, of all of this stuff will of course increase because where would be the fun if it didn't that's course, true. Yeah. Then I'm, I might actually do I might do nature instead then for a okay. similar uh, outcome. Okay. Um, I think I will think my vote for the Etsuko is for her to conserve her spells, but I am also going to do stealth. Okay. Oh my God. So I am going to stick with perception. Okay. So what do we got? What are our totals? Uh, a nat 20 is two successes, right? That's correct. Okay. <laughs> then we have oh, to. Yeah. Fuck. Yes. And uh, I was almost going to not roll that dice. <laughs> so that's a natural 20 on a nature check. Yes. Uh, perception from Grawl, what do we got? 14. 14, okay, that's still a pass. 
This first I got a fifth. Oh, that's good. At one point above with a 15 for stealth. 15 on stealth. Oh, I was also doing stealth. That's okay. Um, yeah, I rolled a two, but I get a plus 12, so 14. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. Uh-uh, that's ridiculous. Uh, expertise. <laughs> so good. Tasty. Yeah, damn, almost that one. Um, so yeah, close. Very close. So yeah, that is a, a full sweeping round of successes. The first jaunt of this adventure goes almost without a hitch. It, it's spooky how well it goes. You are stalking through the, the streets of the suburbs of Fair Ames here. Uh, Tirza, you are doing a fantastic job of keeping both yourself and Arbidon quiet. Um, being able to corral everyone and uh, blazing a trail to make sure no one's stepping on any loose twigs, knocking over loose bricks, just keeping the, the group together in a way that is cohesive and stealthy. Grawl, keeping your eyes open, you definitely also help in making sure that people aren't stumbling into abandoned pixie nests or making sure folks aren't stepping on the, the decayed remains of beasts nearby. Um, pixies, even out here, they're a menace. <laughs> Cherish, as you are... Uh, glancing around, you are seeing things of the natural world are just turned up to 11 here. Like I have I have a suggestion. Mm, please. So so the book that Cherish picked out at random last night, um, I think she actually did read it, like start reading it after a conversation with Etsuko. And it was like uh, and a beginner's or a, a forester's guide to dangerous plants, both regular and magical. <laughs> and so she gets me, like, oh shit, I saw that in the book last night. Uh, yeah, and at least here in the suburbs, the, the flora isn't necessarily dangerous, just big. Um, yeah. There are some arborvitas here that have just gone fucking ballistic. Oh, um, yeah. Some ivy that is just crawling up way too tall. And the leaves are way too big. What's more concerning is the fact that Sid is, as you're scouting ahead of the group, occasionally coming back and letting people know which way to go, you are more and more seeing little tribes, clans, pockets of people out here that are setting up, have camps set up in buildings. But they seem to have reverted to a very primitive tribal association. There's no words exchanged between these people. There is just actions. Uh, occasionally you'll see very brutal acts of violence break out for seemingly no reason. Occasionally you'll see like very... They're not conversations that are being had. It is just uh, people expressing ideas through raw action or inaction, as the case may be. Um, people like tugging food out of each other's grass or shoving food into someone's grasp, um, things like that. Occasionally you'll see that like very crude art has been done in some of these little pockets of civilization. It's, it's broad, crazy expressionistic stuff that is not trying to depict what a thing is, but what it feels like, what it 
uh, represents to these people in big splashes of color, either across streets or on the walls of buildings. But thankfully, you are able to navigate your party around the larger pockets of these people. Um, but it is somewhat upsetting to see elves, who are normally these like prim, proper folk, for the most part, or at least well put together. Wood elves tend to be a little bit more rough and tumble. But you, you see them having just completely degenerated to almost animalistic states. As you're moving towards the very outskirts of Fair Aimsir, this has taken the better part of the morning and into the afternoon. As you're reaching the edges of the city, you are getting glimpses of the wide, vast, expansive plain that leads out south. You've avoided the main road leading out of the city for the most part because that's where a lot of these clans have kind of set up shop is on the edges of that road. Thankfully, the road leaves directly south, and that is not really the direction you're heading in anyway. But you can see the vast expanse of plains out in front of you to the southeast. It is a broad, wide-open veldt of rolling grasslands that has exploded into life. You see all manner of animals, some of them in herds, some of them singly, moving here and there. Near the middle of the afternoon, a huge shadow passes over you. You all hunker down as Arbadon, who's near the head of the party, will like hold up a hand for everyone to stop. And this enormous eagle you will see circling crazy high above the savannah here. And Arbadon will just say a single word, and he'll say, Rock. And yeah, you see this humongous eagle circling a few times, dipping slightly, and as it gets closer and closer to the ground, you can see it passing this enormous shadow over the ground, and all manner of animals that are on the field will just scatter when that shadow crosses. And eventually, as you wait, the minutes drag by, this thing will let out a horrible shrieking cry and dive out of the air and lunge towards one of that herd of elephants, it will grab the elephant and drag it off into the sky. Well, at least it has too big an appetite to worry about us. For now. Hopefully. Depends what's easier to catch. Thanks, that makes me feel a lot better. Yeah, it shouldn't. <laughs> that Those things are really, really dangerous when they're not being affected by Crazy wild magic. Yeah. Yep. We'll keep an eye Though it's hot, it uh, pulls the cloak uh, over her so it covers more of her, like, flective <laughs> iridescent <laughs> armor. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, at the edges of the city, you have a choice to make. You either uh, wait here for nighttime or move out into the the grasslands uh in broad daylight or you can strike directly east from here and kind of make a roundabout route towards your destination following the edges of the storm wall if you wanted to 
just kind of have a decision to make on how you want to approach your destination. It's not really any way to tell if which way is going to be more dangerous, huh? Uh, Arbadon would definitely be of the opinion that the more cover you have, the better. Though now that you're seeing the grasses out there, you can see that the grass in a lot of sections out there would probably be above most of your heads. The exception being Etsuko. So it's a lot of blind traveling to do if you're out in the fields, though. True. That's true. But... But I don't know that's going to be any different in the more roundabout either. It might be harder to get back to where we think we need to be. And you would know the storm wall presents its own set of challenges if you are right underneath the wall itself. There are constantly rumors of strange aberrant creatures affected by the mm-hmm. the outer storm crossing over into those sections of the valley. Yeah, rumors. <laughs> so where do you go? Say we head we forward. Should... Yeah, I yeah. think we should start yeah. crossing it now. Yeah. Okay. Heading straight forward, you will press on into the open field. Uh, there is a very stark difference between the city you're leaving behind and the wilderness you're suddenly finding yourselves in. This tall grass is unlike any terrain any of you have ever really traversed. It's it's tall, seven, eight foot grass that you're pushing your way through. You're, it, it'd be impossible not to leave a trail. So if anything was, or anyone was trying to track you, it'd be very easy for them to do so. Besides Arbadon, none of you are really experienced woods folk. You don't know how to pass through this sort of environment without leaving a track, and even Arbadon is leaving somewhat of a trail as he's pressing grass down to help clear the way for the rest of you. It's less about hacking your way through this stuff and more about just pressing it down and moving through. It's like uh, moving through a cornfield, if any of you have done that before. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. As you push through, there is occasionally sounds, sometimes near, sometimes far away, of animals in the underbrush, for lack of a better term, here. Occasionally you'll see a big motion off to your left or to your right as something moves to the grass, though whatever that something is, at least for the first few times, are unconcerned with your passing. It is growing towards evening as you find yourselves just in the midst of this plain here. And kind of out in the open, but also kind of undercover. It's a very awkward place to set up camp, if that is what you choose to do. I don't know if we have any other choice. Yeah. We probably should. And unfortunately, Arbidon comes up empty when it comes to finding some kind of cover or place to make safe refuge. You're just kind of out in the open here, but also surrounded by tall, tall grass. Uh, 
You can, can press down a section to like make a flattened area for yourselves, but yeah. Can Etsuko set up her alarm? Yeah, she absolutely can. Okay. okay. Cool. Yeah, that should definitely happen. I mean that gives me some comfort. I mean I mean obviously we're gonna have um you know a watch uh, order. A watch. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, that will bring us into the evening, then. As the first leg of your journey is complete, you stamp down a, a wide section, and Etsuko lays down some uh, long, slender thread around the area to set up an alarm spell. She casts a ritual. The rest of you making what little preparations you can to make a, a camp here. There's not really... The, the ground here is not conducive to setting up tents. Uh, nope. you're, you've, you're pressing down a bunch of grasses and kind of laying out on top of it. This is rather comfy to just lay down on, honestly. Better than stony or hard earth. As you are preparing to make camp, though, are you making a fire? Arbidon definitely warns against it. Yeah, yeah I don't... That sounds like a very good idea. Yeah, no. It's... it's the cooling down seem like it's going to be, you know... Desert, desert style, where it gets really cold in the evening? No. I didn't, it, didn't think so. so. Definitely yeah. cool, it definitely cools, but it doesn't get cold. You're yeah, we made it cold. Yeah. The humidity keeps the air warm. Yeah. Okay, so, and as we get into the should, evening, we have a watch order, yes? Should we double up watches like we did in the Eastwood? I think that's a good idea. Yeah. One person will be. No, oh, I'm so sorry. Counting is hard. We basically just swapped out Canaeus for. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, you have um, Judah, you have Arbidon, you have Etsuko, and you have Darren Dunn. And the seven of you minus Judah kind of fall into a familiar rhythm as you come out and make camp in this place. Uh, Judah, of course, is the consummate helper. He's always helping those and kind of appearing where he's most needed to lend a hand. Uh, but he is less used to the the watch order. So far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I will ask, like, be at dinner or maybe as the evening is winding down. Considering to summon three? No, she won't help with the stealth part, but she might be useful for scouting or perhaps the decoy. I wonder what your thoughts are. General, general group. Maybe once we get back into a more forested section... Because I agree that those things would be very helpful, and I think that she would be able to do those things. I I would just like to get this, yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah, we don't need giant bird coming down and swooping at the sparkle reindeer. Well, I guess the point would be that she would be far away from us when that happened, and then I could just de-summon her so that she can actually... Uh, Eaten. Hmm, that's actually not a bad idea. 
I mean, you, I, hmm. Part of me says, yes, that's a good idea. We could use Carrie as a distraction, but that is kind of cool. I don't know. Does Carrie, I guess I don't really fully understand how, how your spell works, Tirza. Is Carrie, would Carrie, can Carrie die? Hey, Mike, can right. Carrie die? Uh, that's a very good question. She can, she can go to zero <laughs> hit points. She can, yeah, if, if, if it is possible to kill uh, Carrie, you think it would be very, very difficult. Or perhaps it would require traveling to the plane of her origin. She, uh, okay. So if something could stab her and have that attack pierce the veil of planes, well, then you've got a lot of problems and Carrie's just the tip of the spear. I was say, if a, yeah, yeah. If a giant bird can do that, then we're fucked. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay, well, I'll, I'll see how it goes, and then if it seems like seem, seems like that's something we need, then I'll Summon her tomorrow evening. Okay, so who are you taking watch with? I'm assuming our watch order is the same as usual. Right. Um, I will uh, take watch with Judah. Okay. Um, I will... Oh, go ahead. I was going to say go. My answer depends on if you want to take Dar watch with Darren Dunn or not. Don't leave it up to me, because if you leave it up to me, I'll say no. <laughs> well, that's that's what I mean. Like, if, if Cherish seems like she doesn't want to take watch with him, Tirza will volunteer. Make things less awkward. Take watch with Arbidon. Okay. Use Etsuko for Grawl. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's working according to my master plan. <laughs> so first watch, I know it's been a while, but first watch belongs to Sid. So Sid yeah. and Judah are up first. Uh, I don't know if, uh, if there's not necessarily a conversation you wanted to have, have happen. Uh, I guess I just kind of catch him up a little bit on, I mean, I, I know we've talked a little bit about you know, what we've been up to, but um, just kind of, I don't know. I, I guess I ask him, uh, I ask him about sort of where he was before all of this, all of the trials and everything. Mm. Yeah, you would learn that he is from a monastery that's actually not crazy far from here. It's it's farther north of Ferrames here. Um kind of north north uh eastish from Kathbari, honestly. Mm -hmm. Um and is tucked away up in the, the storm wall. Kind of as close to the storm as you can get without being suicidal. Yeah. And it is a place where people who have 
some would call it a monstrous heritage, can go. Uh, a lot of orphans end up there. There are mm. several people who are born to that lifestyle. Um, families of minotaurs and half-orcs and uh, uh, tieflings of all stripes. He mentions um, Onis is a type of tiefling, uh, at least according to this monastery, as are uh, some things called Tanarooks, um, which apparently are half-devil, half-orcs. They get it coming and going. Um, and uh, they go there to learn to contain that which could possibly make them more monstrous. It's a, it's a somewhat... You definitely get the sense that Judah is very conflicted about the place. He sees the good that it does to a certain extent, but he also thinks that it, it continues a, a stereotype of these types of people that is possibly damaging. Um, right. but, but at the same time, there's unavoidable good that it does by taking these people who might be considered outcasts and giving them a purpose. Right. Um, yeah, and apparently there's a whole order of monks that exists up there. Cool. Yeah, because I don't think Sid has heard a lot of this stuff. Um, yeah. Uh, it is... Uh, it, the monastery is called the Order of the Caged Beast. And apparently he belongs to it, though he is maybe a little bit on the outs with them because of stuff that has to do with the trials. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think I... I probably spend as much time just asking about Judah and, and finding out about him. Um, and, uh, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah. He could tell you plenty of stories. Apparently between most of the trials, he opted to go home, but it's in the last couple of years that he decided to not return between trials. Um, and he spent more and more time with, Valor and Camion and Talila. Uh, right. You find out that he has one of the highest opinions about Valor of, like, you've ever heard a person have about another person. Um, Judah considers okay. Valor, like, an exemplar. And part of the reason that Judah started having doubts about the uh, the way of the caged, fit, uh, the caged beast is that here's a tiefling who is doing everything to be a, a hero just on his own merits uh, without some order trapping what others would say is a monstrous side of himself. Yeah, I, I, I probably express that you know, different individuals have different struggles, and and perhaps it perhaps Judah needed to go through this monastery. Um, you know, just kind of reassuring that like you're you're doing you're doing fine. You're probably one of the most noble people that I've met. So, um, 
Yeah, and that's why he's really torn about it, because clearly the monastery has, like, done him a lot of good. And yeah. he kind of definitely gives a glance over to Arbidon at certain points, of just like, I could be like that guy. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, you know, Arbidon's great. Arbidon is no. great. <laughs> Arbidon is great. Um, different strokes for different folks, you know. But yeah, and just wanted to, you know, like, really, really learn about yeah, about Judah. Uh, you definitely get the sense that he would really like to uh, meet back up with Valor and Camion at some point. Yeah, I I don't know if we have invited him to join us as when we go south, but I reiterate, like we would all be happy to have him, and he is happy to hear that. Yeah. Uh, though he definitely doesn't go out of his way to mention. Uh, Talila that much? He's like, and Talila was there too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. She's she won't be down south. Um, seems like she'll be staying in Stormhaven for the time being. If there's one thing I know about Talila, it's she will be where she is least expected. That's very true. That is very true. Um, man, I got. What is your opinion on Talila? Just out of curiosity. I think she could have used the way of the caged beast more than any other person I have ever met. Perhaps. There is a dark passenger within that gnome. Yeah. And she is working it. <laughs> I... The last conversation we had with Talila was a bit... I eye-opening for me at least she clearly has been through a lot um hmm. and has suffered perhaps because of well the way she looks or you know i i, I don't know but it did make me feel bad because i haven't really been i haven't i've been i haven't really been fair to her um, and consider that she's been through a lot. I don't know. Perhaps, and you're right, and perhaps I've made similar judgments. It is difficult not to do so when someone is very obsessed with collecting bones, though. And building a giant homunculus out of bones it's really big oh, it's terrifying lords. it's Good. it's worse than you could possibly imagine oh baphomet's breath uh, <laughs> wonderful doesn't it doesn't it have like a like a an aurochs head it has so okay. many heads it has so many that's true but i mean it, the part that's supposed to be the head <laughs> is a giant like bullish looking yeah. Skull, yes. <laughs> yeah. And like a like a like the torso is almost like a like a cockpit almost. Mm -hmm. It's a little house for her. House. <laughs> Love uh, her so much. Yeah. But yeah, now that you're like looking at Judah and thinking back to George, you're like, oh was was George meant to look like oh no. Oh <laughs> maybe maybe I won't mention that right away. <laughs> Misses her friends, you guys. Misses her friends. 
or she just misses the bones that they carry within their bodies. <laughs> it's the same little, thing. It's the, yeah. I don't <laughs> I don't know about that. Um <laughs> are we if not just a bunch of bones and also some meaty bits <laughs> all meat mechs whenever right. whenever i say that i miss you guys i'm i'm talking about the bones Our that bones you carry within your flesh yeah of course Elliot did once make me a valentine's day card that was about my bones so that's <laughs> wow, crazy. look at the time weird i've got to be someplace <laughs> else huh. gotta be over there okay gotta go okay. by so your yep. watch uh, passes uneventfully, though. Um, yeah. There, there are weird sounds and some rustling in the in the bushes, but uh, nothing really gets up in your business. Yay! So we pass it off to Cherish and Arbadon. Alrighty. Eleven. Okay. Arbidon is definitely pretty keyed up in this situation. He's got his axe across his lap and is just kind of looking around. If there's any monsters out there, I'll I'll teach you what for if they come mess with our camp. I'll tell you what. What? I believe you. Yeah, yeah, because, like, they don't know. They don't know that I got the big axe over here. So if they come in here, I'll be like, boom! X. Hmm? <laughs> At a certain point in the night, there is an increase in the heat, and it becomes a kind of a dry heat. You can taste it, cherish it. You feel the moisture just kind of disappearing mm -hmm. around you. It's a very odd sensation. And Maz will say, The imp wishes to speak with you. As if I didn't have enough problems. Uh, I'll summon him. And Arbron will go, Ugh! Oh yeah, sorry. <laughs> I keep... My Fordman item talks to me in my head. Sometimes I forget to say stuff out loud. Oh, yeah, no, Rocky does the same thing. But uh, suddenly, the lesser, this bandy-legged imp, is kind of like, Whoa, hey, hey, here we are. What's up? Oh, there's a big one. Sup, bull boy. <laughs> Arbidon, this is my terrible familiar. Terrible familiar, this is Arbidon. <laughs> I've also been called the lesser. Nice to meet you. And Arbidon, like, stares at the imp, then looks at you, and stares at the imp, is like, should I, like, smash this thing? Or? No, if you do, it'll just make everything more difficult. It's easier when I can just stuff him in a pocket dimension. Okay. Appreciate it, though. If you change your mind, I'm more than happy to... Boom, axe. <laughs> right, because the axe. Yep. Show him what for. I don't know what that means, but all right. Sit that early. Anyway. What's up? The lesser. And the lesser will look to you and kind of like glance awkwardly over at Arbidon, like, you sure you want to have this conversation with, with that one right there? Why would it matter? Well, 
I, it's, it's not like I want to boss you around or anything. Uh, it's just that, you know, this conversation mm. might be slightly delicate. Okay. Well, I don't know what to do about that. Um. Arbidon, I am going not to the bathroom. Don't know why I was going to say that. That'd be weird if my imp came with me to do that. I'm just going to step into the grass momentarily. Will that um, ruin the the alarm thingy? It would. It sure would. And Lesser's just kind of twiddling his little impy thumbs and just like Look, if that was not a good time, I'm I'm sure you could just uh, boss me a little bit and, you know, send me on my way. It's not as though it's a, a, a red-hot concern that is uh, I- imminent. <laughs> Arbidon plug his ears and go la 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 la. Hey, Arbidon. Yeah. Why don't you hit the sack? I got the rest of this watch just fine. Seems reasonable to me. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> you do so much work around here. Why don't you I do. hit the hay, I so really to speak? Do. <laughs> Just for the fans at home, you rolled a two on that inside check. Um, <laughs> what the good? So the good. Silly. He means well. <laughs> he does. And, uh, Which does actually mean that I'm gonna have to do this rest of watch by myself because my plan was like, oh. Yeah, he'll, I'll, like, be like, yeah, you got those, and then he'll pretend to be asleep and wake him up after this is all over, but no, okay. And Arbidon will kind of, like, circle a little bit and then rest down, and it's shocking how quickly he is immediately snoring. It's like he's trained himself to be able to just fall asleep with the drop of a hat. Yeah. And the lesser <sighs> will glance at the Minotaur and go, like, oh, wow, why'd you pick that one up? Listen, it was either him or any of the other people in this group who certainly would have seen through that. No, I'm just, look, if you can get a whole team of people that dumb, you'd be doing real well. (laughs) Probably, but that's not what we're talking about. Yeah, no, we're talking about the boss who's here right now. Okay, and what am I supposed to do with that? I don't know, I was just letting you know. Like, well, like, is he coming? Like, is he on his way? Is he gonna break the freaking, the freaking alarm spell? And we're gonna have to f- him. I don't, I don't him. control what the boss does. I know, but like, you said he's here. Is he like, is he actively coming this way? Uh, I think we would know if he was. Okay, that's like because everything would be on fire. Exactly. Probably, I don't know. 
So yeah, just letting you know, cause uh, I, I so clearly we're somewhere else, and uh, I don't know where we are now. So that's not that's cool. Where are we? I have no idea. Great. We're in cool. the east. We're technically in the Eastwood, outside of the city we were just in. But you know, there's a rift, and the planes are bleeding, and I don't know which one this is. Oh, okay. So that blue place was the city. Yes. It doesn't cool. usually look like that. Sure. That was also sort of another bleedy place. All right. Uh, cool. And the whole thing with the the Bator Mechanics Concordat, that's taken care of? Do you believe me if I said yes? No. But good try. That's fair. Fair enough. Um... Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. All I know he's around. I can kind of feel it when someone of his caliber makes himself known. So I just wanted to give you a heads up. Okay, well, if we do run into him again, hopefully I can just say that my coterie has gotten bigger. Sure, sure. I mean, most of the time, his orders have always been just stay nearby and make sure you don't get too crazy hurt. And hopefully after the whole Bator Mechanis Concordance, that is still true. Oh, yeah, no, it'll still be true. I mean, the boss, he... <laughs> uh, he ain't no friend to the the Scarlet Duke, long may he reign. I almost went like this. That's <laughs> <No, laughs> the opposite. Uh, just do it upside down. Oh, yeah. Cross uh, your stomach. Ugh. I felt icky. Um, <laughs> supposed to. I'm not even Catholic. Uh, <laughs> um. Okay. Well, thank you for letting me know that he's here. Mm -hmm. I appreciate it. Just trying to help. And also, you know, if you wanted to avoid any awkward situations with the boss, we can always uh, take a little trip, you know. No. No. I'm, like, literally right in the middle of something. Sure, sure. But if you didn't want to be, I'm just saying there's options. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Your choice. So, oh, okay. <laughs> the rest of your watch passes in nervous silence as every large looming shadow out in these grasslands presents a semi-demonic form to your mind now. Every time you've passed into the the realms of the, the planar bleeding effects that you've experienced, you've been told that the, the boss has been nearby, so this is maybe the only the first time you've been warned about it. Yeah. 
So yeah, the rest of your watch, though, passes uneventfully. The enormous <sighs> pit fiend does not make an appearance this evening. And eventually you pass the watch over to Tirza and Darren Dunn. And I'll take Tirza aside before I, like, bed down. Um, do you remember the boss? Wait. Wait, good. That's perfect. Is he on his way? Or... He's just around, like, in the third trial, and I was going to say down south, but no, that was definitely more just like, uh, we ran into him. But yeah, he's nearby. Excellent. So, if anything happens, wake me up. Mm hmm. Okay. Great. Have a good night, Cherish. Yeah. So, tears Go you. gossip about you with your stepdad. <laughs> Get yourself out. You're taking watch I'm sorry, with what? Uh, Darren Dunn. <laughs> yeah. Hello, darkness, my friend. <laughs> yeah. Darren definitely tries to tell cherish good night as she storms past after you break your conversation but kind of falters and doesn't end up saying anything and you are left to the watch with Darren Dunn is there any kind of conversation you want to strike up with him uh yeah i mean i was kidding about the gossiping thing i think tirza will i I want to say sorry, first of all. It was sort of my idea to imply that Irish specifically asked you, and that in hindsight, that was uh, duplicitous. And I. Uh, um, I, I, look, I, I'll, I'll figure it out. It's not. I, I appreciate it that. You'll ask me for help, and either way, yeah, it's it's not like she didn't didn't want you here. It, it's just um, well, I kind of figured you'd more likely to say yes if. Yeah, honestly, I'm just happy you you all sent message because it's it, it sort of felt like when we got to the city that y'all were just kind of. I don't know. Didn't want me around anymore, and, and look, I get it. Like I, I'm, I, I'm still figuring my shit out. Obviously, listen. That has less to do with you and more to do with you're also figuring things out. And it was in in Fair Aimseer was the Awkward and difficult for Sid, and yeah. everything is kind of 
awkward with you and Cherish. So I, I, it wasn't that we didn't want you around. It's just that emotions were high, and then, and then we almost died a bunch of times. And um, it was a werewolf for a second. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. It's for a second, though. Uh, oh. Oh. All right. Um. Because of was it the wolf guy? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Shit. Yeah. <sighs> um. Seems it did, was handled. Uh, did Lucidian find out? Oh yeah, no, he ah, found fuck. out, and then him healed, and then so maybe erased the memories of people that it attacked, which was really creepy. And wow, okay, yeah, damn man, that's like okay. A he definitely knows that let his son get bit by a werewolf. Shit, um. I mean, I don't. I don't know if he could blame you for that. That was kind of. Well, look, when you've got a dragon wandering around trying to help his son, and you think you can stop a couple of werewolves, yeah. I mean, it was kind of uh, an unreasonable thing to think. <laughs> Cherish says in her sleep, <laughs> having a very lucid dream. <laughs> Uh, and they use the mind magic stuff on people? To... Apparently. Oh, boy. It's... Happened a lot. No, no, actually, it's... Wowzers. It's, um, it's really bad that he did that. If anyone else in the... In the TNL found out, that would, that would be really bad. Also, it's a pretty messed up thing to do to your citizenry. Yeah, so that that's why it's super not allowed most of the time. Like every once in a while, they do it to like really, really bad people. But uh, yeah, like it's usually not allowed. So, please tell me not a lot of people know that happened. Um, like, I don't know who all knows a couple of Lyodons and all of us and um, uh, an archdruid got brought in to Bill Sid, so maybe them hmm. too. Well, I'm sure Lucidian handled it right. Oof, yeah, I. And he'll glance over at Sid. I don't. Did the two of them? Did they get along all right? I wasn't there for that bit. Uh. I don't. Guess he was there to say goodbye. We left. Um. 
There was a lot of shouting when they first met. He said to him a couple times, and they seemed like they worked things out. Maybe. Maybe. It's like maybe. Angela seemed to like him, though. Oh, you met Angie. I mean, yeah, it was hmm? that first time in the hole, but after that, too? Oh, well, yeah, she tried to follow us and um, is bad at being <laughs> sneaky. Uh, <laughs> you must have caught her on one of her off days, because usually she's uh, quiet as a mouse. Real sneaky, that one. But, uh, well, that's, that's something, I guess. But, uh, yeah. Oh, that's good. So, so what was all yeah. this about you all dying a couple of times? And basically, uh, for the story of what you've all been up to in the four days you spent in Fair Ames here while he wasn't around. Ah, oh my gosh. Like, where do I start? Do I start with the creepy mirror aberration? Then go chronologically? <laughs> I guess my question is just, do you leave anything out? Oh. <laughs> okay. And you, yeah, you pass the time telling Darren Dunn about the the days you spent in Fair Ames here and all of the crazy shit that happened in a span I of three days. Might, uh, actually, I might leave out the, um, the heart. Okay. Yeah, or if I do, I I think she maybe just kind of bosses over it with a like, yeah, and then we, oh, out. Yeah, and uh, he would just accept that. Um, he's got no reason not to, and yeah, he's suitably impressed by all these stories. He wishes wishes he would been around to maybe help or try to help, uh, but uh, he's yeah. also was there, and I. Yeah. Doesn't much help, so. Uh, we'll have to make up for it this trip then, yeah? Yeah. And eventually you pass the watch off to Grawl and Etsuko. Uh, I. You know, I don't know if you wanted me to make a watch roll. Nah. Um, with, the alarm, with the alarm spell, like you're. Pretty well said. If something's going to come at you, you'd know it. Well, because I rolled a one. <laughs> then you see nothing anyway. Yeah. What about from above, Mike? What about from above or below? Thankfully, the alarm spell works in a sphere. Uh -huh. Wonderful. So, Grawl, you are woken up along with Etsuko, and the two of you have the final watch. She is sitting off to the side and has conjured some tiny little glowing lights to dance around her and so she can read. Um, Reed's had a couple of drinks, so this will be interesting. Uh, I, I, um, do I notice that it's her normal book that she's going through? Or is it a different book? It seems to be her normal grimoire, yes. Okay, okay. Um, been a weird 
couple of days. Yes. Very strange. Looking around, just like... Are you doing okay? Like a... You good? I, I don't know. That's a that's a bad way of saying that. Um, uh, uh, I am you, good. Oh, oh, oh! That's 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 good. That's that's really that's really good. That's good. That. Um. I I I I don't want to like ask things, um, just, like, out of the blue, but, um, you didn't happen to talk to your patron at all about things, did you? I, I did contact the, the Gloam Weaver when we were looking for mm -hmm. ways of making the talismans, and She's not really looking at you. She's staring down at her book. It's fine. But she will continue speaking. He had some things to say. That, that's 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 good. That's very very or bad. I I don't know what they said. So I'll. Kinda he he, t he, he told me how to get into the dreamlands that to right. bypass the guardians. Mm -hmm. he... And he told me that you would be the one to lead us to where we needed to go. R right. Did you? You didn't find anything out about other things, did you? And you can tell now that she's just staring at the book. She's not actually reading what's mm -hmm. on the page. And she will stay there staring for a long, silent beat before her large blue hand will slam the cover. Not slam it, but, but close it. Yeah. With a sharp clap of paper. And she still won't look up, but she will say. He was scared. Okay. He, he was very, very scared of whatever it is that you have bargained with, Grohl. That sounds about right. I have never known the Gloam Weaver to be scared of anything. But the prisoner within the archive terrified him. Yeah, it, uh, Scared Maglubiet, and yeah, I uh, think I've dug myself into a bit of a hole with this one. 
What does it want from you? I... It wants out of that place, I guess. Do I mean, you know what it would do if it ever got free? Um, it's been a while. I, I seem to recall it saying something about like something along the lines of like breaking all the rules, unleashing like freedom to the nth degree. And I don't know if Grawl knows what the nth degree is. The, the words that would stand out from Grawl's memory of what the entity known as Mott wants, perhaps needs, is a release from the tyranny of gods. I'll say that to Etsuko. She will shudder ever so slightly. Yep. I do not exactly know what that means, but it does sound very ominous. Yep, it sounded like a good thing a long time ago. The Gloam Weaver is not a god, so there may be more to it than that. Um, it, I, I don't know how to say this, it eats things and becomes stronger. And anything it deems, like, powerful enough to eat, I would assume would make anything scared. Hmm. And as you say that, you glance at the sword and see the, the new blue-gray runes that dance along one side. Their purpose still vague and elusive. But Etsuko will just nod and finally turn towards you with serious eyes and say, Bargains with our patrons. They are made for a purpose. What is most unfortunate about the path of the warlock is that our purpose and the purpose of our patrons are very rarely the same. The best sometimes we can hope for is to accomplish our aims before they accomplish theirs. That is the goal. I, 
I sincerely hope that you do, Grog. I am unsure of what the world looks like if, if Mott succeeds first. The good thing is I've got a paladin who really, really doesn't like that place. And I'm guessing really doesn't like Mott. And she's really good at smashing shit. Aww. Well. At least from my point of view, Grawl, I don't see much difference between her patrons and ours. All a matter of perspective. Yes. And she will get up and move to sit next to you, but not do anything else. Cool. I think that's just how Grawl would want to leave it. Eventually the sun will start to rise, your companions slowly waking up as the heat of the day quickly welters back to a uncomfortable level. You all find yourselves on the 18th day of so, trekking through this vast open grasslands. And I'm going to need another round of skill checks from you all as you make your way, still ever, in a southeasterly direction towards the Stormwall Peaks. Okay. This is a new new skill? This is a new skill. New skill. Okay. And it's new for us or a new skill that has been used from the party? It is a skill that you did not use previously. Okay. I guess I could use perception this time. Uh, I guess it would be pretty obvious... Uh, try and like maybe have Arbidon or or um, uh, Judah sort of hoist me up a little bit so I can kind of keep bearings <laughs> on like making sure we're going the right direction. Sure. Um. Okay. So Sid's going hard perception. Are we uh, out? Oh. Go for it. It was. It's pretty easy. Um. I'm gonna athletics and attempt to be paint for this stretch. Yeah, absolutely. Clearing the way for people. Um, and are we out of um, like the like area where there were other people? As far as you know. Part? Okay. Yeah. Hmm. You're out of city. You're into a wide open field that stretches between Fair Ames here and the Stormwall Mountains here. You're kind of in in foothills. It, it's rolling sloping here. It is Windows desktop open field. It just happens to be that the oh, grass beautiful. is 10 feet tall in places. Rest, yeah. So what else is everyone doing? Um... We got perception. We got athletics. 
if I use, um, well, I was going to say if I use invisibility, I don't get a bonus to stealth, do I? Mm, for yourself, sure. Yeah. But how does it <laughs> help it. the party? I don't know. I'm just like, I'm trying to figure out how does insight help the party? Is the grass lying to me? Well, it's just kind of reading the situation, knowing intuitively yeah. kind of where to help guide the party. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I'll have to, I'll have to use insight. Okay. Cherish. I'm going, I'm just, I'm, I'm proficient in so few things. <laughs> <laughs> mine, are, mine are a lot of charisma stuff. So is mine. Yeah, dog. And I, I want to save I'm... Arcana for later. Uh, I'm going to use survival. Okay. Pretty straightforward. Yeah. Tracking and finding a path forward. Sounds good. Okay. What are our totals then? Give me them rolls. Oh. <laughs> That's pretty good. No. Yeah, I got a 19. Very oh, good. Hell yeah. Uh, I got a 21. Oh. Nice. <laughs> 26 for me. Oh, oh I got a 6. 6. <laughs> Oof. <laughs> I'm assuming that's not a botch, though. No, no, no. It's, I only have a plus 1 to wisdom. <laughs> okay, then. Um, so, uh, Cherish, this grass is just causing all sorts of havoc with your tail. Uh, My tail between the tail and the horns, I cannot imagine having a good day. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's bad. And it's like big uh sharp blades of grass that you're walking through. So having to like push it down and like go through and then it's popping up behind you and catching on the tail a little bit. It, it's just a bad day. Uh, Irish is like trying to take the sneaky path and like next to her Tirza is just like cutting grass down like so, so what you're doing is the classic grass pressing maneuver tirza and that's you throw a piece of rope through the handles of your shield and just pressing it down in front of you with a foot uh and it works a wonder to press down the grass in a very effective and quick manner and uh english farmers years later will use this to create crop circles um <laughs> Uh, Grawl, you have more than a few intuitions throughout the day that help guide the party around areas of danger. At a certain point, you feel the ground beneath your feet beginning to slope downward, and you have experienced this sort of thing before out in the drylands, and so even though you can't even see the terrain, you instinctively tell the party, like, okay, it's going to be harder, but we need to go around this little patch of ground. And at a certain point, you see that you're passing by a clearing, and there is a burrow that you're moving past. And the biggest mm -hmm. scorpion any of you have ever seen... Oh. Clacks like bigger than the scorpion, like, kind of centauri-looking 100%. This thing uh -huh. is the the size of a tool shed. Um, <laughs> and it, like, you can see it's like little pincers and little mandibled head kind of sticking up out of the burrow. If you had walked maybe 20 feet further forward, you would have fallen down the slope and into this thing's waiting maw. Whoa. Nailed it. <laughs> Sid, what'd you get on perception? Uh, 26. 26, okay. Uh, occasionally you are hefted into the air by Arbidon, who is having a grand old time, uh, 
occasionally gets a little cocky and just starts tossing you up into the air. So you go, Wah! and then they catch you on the way back down. Um, it's fine. Tears has already been tossing me, so I'm pretty much used it's to true. And you get a couple of very good views of the surrounding area. And distantly to the south, you can see that there's that big herd of what you know to be fire-breathing elephants that is uh, tracking around this area. Um, mm -hmm. And now that you've got, like, some perspective about how tall the grass is, these things are gigantic. Because they stand up above the grass like normal elephants would in grass. Oof. And a rock took one of these things? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> this is some. We're in some serious "Honey, I Shrunk the Kids" oh, uh, yeah. situation For here. Sure. Oh, we need to go back and befriend that scorpion. <laughs> I learned to think from, from that movie. Anyways, uh, so yeah, it, I did. What you, really you get a a strange visual on though is the sky. Throughout the day, you start seeing the same thing Cherish saw yesterday. There is a texture to the sky that becomes sharper as you're moving in a southeasterly direction. And towards, like, mid-afternoon, you could swear you're seeing, like, topography above you. Made of the negative space between clouds. It is really weird to see, like, edges within the stratosphere that make up a mountain range, maybe like a valley, maybe a little dips of hills. It's really weird. Hmm. And it's like seeing something made of glass, like a sculpture made of glass, dunked in water of a stream. And so you're seeing the water move around a thing that is really hard to observe. Interesting. But yeah, that is the big thing you see throughout the day, but you also help in uh, navigating the the party around certain obstacles, little dips in the land, little uh, hillocks that uh, at a certain point you definitely navigate the party around what is very definitely an enormous anthill. And you feel like it would only end poorly if you walked towards it. Guys, we can befriend an ant and name him Antony. It's it's mental doing that. I know that's everyone's favorite child favorite play that they saw the Bard's uh -huh. Guild do oh, yeah. <laughs> when they came to town, but yeah, the ant prosthetics were so realistic. It was so good. Well, it really helped. If you saw the the all Thrycreen uh, cast, that's mm -hmm. really yeah. how it was right. meant to that's, be seen. Yeah. Yeah. Any other ways is kind of insensitive, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Pretty. Yeah. Pretty tasty. <laughs> but yeah, you manage with a bunch of very good successful roles and one not so great one. To uh, make it through the day without <laughs> stumbling into anything's waiting jaws. Go team. Here's me having made all these random encounter tables and we're all just <laughs> strolling on past. And I'm sure as it gets harder. <laughs> yeah, right. And we uh, all run out of skills that we're good at. By the end of the day, 
you begin rolling up out of... The grass gets shorter and shorter as you get up into foothills. And as you clear the grass, you're suddenly assaulted by this enormous bloom of energy that you can see basically directly in front of you. Uh, as it blossoms out ahead of you, you can see that there is a, a strange curvature to anything you're seeing behind it. Uh, if you're looking through the energy, it looks like the, the mountains are almost like bending towards you and over. Uh, it is really upsetting to look at, honestly, directly. Um, and the, the, the bloom itself is this burnished goldenrod yellow. Um, the energy of it is uh, a blossom that is unlike any flower you've ever seen. It, it's sort of like a, an auroras borealis, aurora borealis of, of folding light that is moving, but also stationary. And yeah, you seem you think you'll be walking straight into it the next day. If you keep on your currents heading. Um is it is it late at this point? Yeah, you're clearing the the grasslands come evening. And you're coming up onto some foothills. So you should probably make make camp. So you make camp here. Uh, yeah, thankfully, cool. Arbidon does a little bit of a better job and is, manages to find you all some cover. Uh, he okay. finds a little rocky crag in the lean of a of a hill that's kind of been sheared off, and you're not quite sure what did the shearing. A uh, quick glance makes you think that like this is recent, just like something carved a hill in half. Oh boy, you know. And some investigation after a little while, if you trek a little ways away and glance at it, it's like, is it a footprint? I really hope it's not a footprint. <laughs> oh. Okay. Yeah. Oh. Very good. like it a lot. So yeah, uh, eventually you make some cover in the collapsed side of this hill. Yeah, the campsite here is fairly secure. You're not as exposed as you were the previous night. Cherish, give me a perception check real quick. Eight. Okay. Uh, glancing over your shoulder every now and again, you're looking for the boss. There's no sign of the enormous pit fiend. You're not sure if you should be relieved or scared. Who knows? <laughs> Um, I was going to, at while well, we're, you know, gathered around that evening, be like, okay, so it's a long story, and I kind of don't want to talk about it, but if a pit fiend comes up to the camp at night and tries to, like, give you any trouble, just wake me up and I'll handle it. There's a long, um. silent moment that follows that statement. Uh, 
and eventually Judah will say, Okay. <laughs> so that no one's caught unawares. Or tries to fight it if it comes. Because that yeah, would be a super bad idea. Yeah, don't do that. Darren Dunn will say, Is that a thing that's going to happen, Cherish? Mm, I hope not. Is that a thing that has happened, Cherish? Yes. It was more like we stumbled onto him the last time, and that's why it kind of got out of hand very quickly, but everything's fine. All right. Um, Usually he's just supposed to keep his distance. Um, right. And Arbadon is kind of glancing around going, raises his hand eventually. Yes, Arbadon. What's a pit fiend? Mm, I'll... Uh, that book that I got from the Hells for Dummies book that mm -hmm. I got from Omteps, does that have illustrations in it? Uh, woodblock prints. Okay. Is there a piffing in there? Uh, there is a woodblock print that is a, a creature made of darkness and flame uh, embossed on a, a darkened page. That'd be helpful. I'll just, just, I'll just describe the boss. Mm, okay. <laughs> like, big with the little wings and the horns and the tail and the... Okay, okay. But if another big, like, demon thing comes, can I kill that? Yes. Yeah? We all, we all cool with that? Well, maybe at the very least wake the rest of us up first. And then... Uh, okay. Then we'll decide from there, I think. Uh, I'll make sure you're awake. <laughs> so, yeah. He's sc screaming as he attacks the pit. <laughs> <laughs> Battle cry! Do you want to switch up the... the watch partners? Keep them the same. What are you guys feeling? Uh, Grawl goes last, so he'll take whoever's left. So, Sid, do you have a particular want or need for a watch partner? Um, I'll talk to Darren. Okay. I will go with Etsko. Okay. Uh, I will take Judah. Okay, and Grawl gets Arbidon. Uh, yeah, if you want to have a particular conversation with your watch partners, please uh, let me know. Um, I think if uh, Darren brings up like uh, Lucidian, then Sid will talk to him about that. So, But he would have to initiate that conversation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he probably would, too. He, at a yeah. certain point, probably towards the midway point of your watch, he'd be like, so, you, uh, you talk to your dad then? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, a couple times. And? Uh, I mean, first conversation was a bit rough, but I don't know. I was just coming into all this, like, expecting to just... I don't know. I don't know what I was expecting. Um, part of me wanted him to be like a like a, a mustache twirling, you know, villain. You know what I mean? So that all the the anger that I had direct that was directed towards him was justified. But then it that's not really what happened. <sighs> I, I did try to tell you. Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. Um, th oh, and I thank you for the book again. By the way, I, I read through a little bit of that. It was okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I. That that wasn't from me. It was from. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I figured. As okay. Much, but, okay. Yeah. 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 I don't know. I'm. I, I've been thinking a lot about where I should direct that anger or if I should just find a way to let it go. It's not, um, I don't know. I feel like it's been like it, like my whole body has been twisted up tight for years and it's just starting to like unravel a little bit and it's exhausting, you know? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah. It 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 feels like and and I I got this a little bit from from hanging out with and getting to know uh, uh Tears of Cherish and Grawl, but it it feels like it's I feel like it can be a I don't have to like present this like image of you know of of what I think a hero should be and I I'm starting to realize maybe I should just I don't know maybe it's okay maybe people would accept me for who I actually am um yeah, it's possible. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm getting used to it. It's it's. Yeah, I don't know. But I think that coming here was important. I think I needed to come here. Um, I don't disagree with that. Yeah, I mean, obviously, I needed to come here because there's a rift that I need to close. I think you would have um, needed to come here if there wasn't a big hole in the world. Yeah. But I am I think still I still think that I 
needed to grow up in Stormhaven the way I did. It would have been easier to grow up in, in Ferrium's here, but I, I think... I think I just I, I needed to see the valley for what it is, good and bad, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Look, you... You might be talking to the wrong guy about trying to let go of stuff. <laughs> yeah. But... You're not wrong. I mean... Been doing a lot of hard thinking the last few days. And... I told you that it felt like I shouldn't be here. I should have stayed with with Falmarod race back on. Well, yeah, yeah. It felt it feels sometimes like I should be somewhere else, doing something else, being someone else. But maybe. If I wasn't here, maybe other bad stuff would have happened. Yeah, I think we just can't spend our time thinking about what may have been. I think we just need to accept as somehow as best we can the, the hand we're given even if it's total shit well if, but, if it makes you feel any better I don't think you were handed shit Sid there was some rough patches to be sure but Could be a yeah. heck of a lot worse. Yeah. Yeah, it could. But, um, yeah, thank you again for coming with us. We we all appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll try to be as useful as I can. Um... Has a cherish talked to you, or what's go what what's oh. going on there? I haven't really had the, haven't really had the, haven't really asked cherish about it. It seems like a a sore subject, but I mean, if you would uh, please, I'd appreciate it because I'm fucking terrified too. Sure. Um, I think it's weird because. I used to be, I mean, her mom used to, and I used to, you know, yeah. Yeah. Or, or who's maybe her mom, or who is her mom, I don't, I don't know. I feel like we came down pretty steadily on that was definitely her mom. Yeah, seems, seems very likely. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't quite know where we stand 
Well, I guess just stick around for a bit and see what happens. I mean, there's a reason I came around right when that note showed up. If... I mean, obviously, I can't promise anything, but you know, I'll Look, put in a good word. Yeah, and I appreciate that. I just... If Val's got a kid running around this valley, I just gotta make sure that she doesn't get herself killed. I mean... At the very least, I think that's what a mum would have wanted. She's pretty capable, though. She can... Sure, but... Pretty powerful. Sometimes but... you need a... Stupid old dragon to throw himself in front of a fireball, so... You know. Yeah. I can do some good. I believe that you can. That makes one of us. Well, my opinion's more important than yours, so... That's true. That's true. You're the elvish prince and all. Yeah, whatever. I guess I gotta add that to my title. So long. And your <laughs> watch passes as you begin... Trading barbs with each other. <laughs> In companionable way. Yeah. And that brings us to Cherish. Do you want to have a conversation with Etsuko? I don't really, like... That wasn't the, the aim of that, but if she wants to talk about something, I'm, I'm, I'm here. She's more worried about you than wanting to talk about anything concerning herself. Uh, that's relatable. Um. <laughs> She's definitely curious if you're experiencing any after effects of the, the ritual that you two conducted. Um, I mean, you haven't mentioned anything, so I'm guessing not. <laughs> And if you express that, Etsuko would be like, good, good. It is good. Are you feeling okay? Yes. Yes, I am fine. I am... Is it... Is it wrong that... I want to try something like that again? Not, not the same thing, obviously, but... Because that had dire ramifications, but being able to wield that much power was exhilarating. Think of the good that could be done if other spells were utilized in such a way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, things like create food and water. Precisely. I I suppose there must be a way to ritual use a ritual to cast things like that so that they're more potent or mass curing of wounds uh, change how hospitals are managed and 
seen over. That's true. And of course, Wouldn't there be... would be destructive capabilities, of course, but yeah. used properly, this sort of ritual magic could be... Well, the applications are nearly limitless. I don't know if it is wrong, though, that I am so excited about thinking about these sorts of things. Well, I mean... You are all so focused on closing this rift and saving the city and then doing more to save the valley, and I am just can't stop thinking about new and inventive ways of using a lot big spell circle. I mean, being more detail-oriented than big picture is not something that is bad, necessarily. I mean, the things you're thinking about, I mean, you're trying to think about how they would also help people. <laughs> so, not completely devoid of merit. And those are the ones that I bring up so that if I confess that I am thinking about spells that may not help people, it does not seem like I am some kind of crazy person. Because I mean, imagine I... what could be done with a spell like that with a ball of flame or a bolt of lightning. Imagine the possibilities. Delving into something new is always exciting. And sometimes it's easy to get carried away. And that's not something to be ashamed of. As long as you're aware that that's what's happening. I hope that is all that is happening. She will sit in silence after that. The cherish is just like I've crossed some wheels. Everything I touch dies. <laughs> uh, Tirza. You then have a watch with uh, <laughs> your good, good friend Judah. Um, I think that Kirza will sort of casually bring up uh, not be like, 
<laughs> you had nothing to worry about, see? But we'll, like, bring up the... Oh, she's glad that he came with us and so that... No, didn't turn into a crazy monster like he maybe thought he was going to. Mm-hmm. Um... um Yeah, he appreciates the the the, the pep talk. Um, he is definitely coming to grips with the fact that he was allowing his fear to control him a little bit, and that it goes sort of counter to what he was taught. The whole way of the caged beast is all about your logic is what is in control, not something deeper, like, instinct or fear. Uh, he... more we try to push those things down. Instinct. Fear more control give them perhaps but to give ourselves over to to the beast entirely that cannot be healthy either Always the, always the way of moderation is the middle path. Mm. It's that fucking Princess Peach uh, Daisy meme that like, <laughs> aren't you ever tired of being nice? Don't you want to just ape shit? <laughs> And the answer is yes, but he is terrified of what that would mean. Ah, like, same. Um, I mean, it doesn't go lol, same, but he expresses that. Yes. Understand. Judah will thank you again. He is very appreciative of having a an open ear and a kind heart to listen to his troubles. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, unless there's anything else you want to bring up with him over the course of the watch. I don't think so. Pass on over to Grawl and uh, Arbidon. And uh, Arbidon is very curious if Grawl's greatsword can also become a great axe. Uh, um, we, we, can, we can try it. We can, we can try it. 
can we can we can we do that right now? Right. Okay. Yeah. This is one of those things. Like, if I turn it into a great axe, you really, really want it, right? I mean, I've got my own great axe. Okay. I don't, I I don't just, need I another. Just, I, no. Right. I just want to. I want to make sure. Okay, you, cool. Cool. Yeah. Let's try it. Let's yeah, try it. Absolutely. You know, for science. Yes. Because we're course. men of science. Uh, uh, no, I'm Minotaur. But right. um. Hey. I've read both chuckle at that. <laughs> <laughs> We're both very smart. It's true. All right, let's try it. Okay. Um, uh, okay. Um, hmm. I'm gonna take the uh, the great axe and recite. Well, if if it was, if it was that easy, it'd be great. Uh, no, I'm um, gonna take the great sword and. Uh, I guess I'm going to try to turn it into a great axe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, yeah, seeing if Mott will uh, assume the form of a great axe. Yeah, it does. Oh, hey, there we go. Superior Ooh. weaponry right there. Hold on. Why don't, why don't you just leave it like that all the time? Uh, uh, I don't know. I haven't tried that one yet. Ooh, ooh, ooh. How about a, a great club? A club? Really? Yeah. Like, why, why a club? There's no blade on a club. I like the I like the blade. Sure, but, like, can it be a great club? Uh, we will try it. For science. Yeah. Whoever that is. It's, it's, fine. it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. Okay, and we try it. <laughs> And it turns into a big walloping great club. This is the best day of my life. This is the coolest thing. Ever. How did you not know it didn't do all this? Because I never needed it to do these things. Okay, okay, go ahead. Okay. okay, okay, yeah, okay. Um, um, and basically, you spend the whole watch just going down the list of <laughs> weapons in the player's handbook and seeing if your weapon can transform into them. And the answer is yes. Cool. Excellent. Nunchucks. <laughs> Gun. <laughs> I was going to be like, this is crazy. No, no it, it would be it would be something stupid. It would be like a stinger missile or whatever. Just a, a shoulder-mounted bazooka. Yeah. Like, wow, I had no idea this was in there. Holy shit! Yeah, I, don't even, I don't even know what this is. Yeah. Is this like an upgraded Elder's Blast? <laughs> yes. yes. Yes, it is. Um, yeah. Cool. Wicked awesome. Yeah, and Arbanon is thoroughly entertained by a weapon that can be any weapon. But yeah, eventually the the morning breaks and you all find yourselves in the foothills below the Stormwall Mountains. The coloration of the stormlights first thing in the morning are bizarre beneath the corona of this strange blossom of energy it flickers the light does down through the the storm at the edges of the storm wall and then through the the corona of light making a a dappled rainbow pattern along the the ground and the earth around you cascading over your your bodies and you can kind of feel a weird tingle 
like when you hold a magnifying glass up just right so it is on your skin. It's like that feeling just before it starts to burn, but it's not going to, to burn yet, just yet, and the lights will dance over your body in that way. It's a ooh, weird tingle. But yeah, as you come to, you are entering your third day of travel. As you get in under the corona of energy that is seemingly marking the center of this disturbance. As you head in and under the petals of this bloom, for lack of a better term, hmm. none of you need to make perception checks because it becomes immediately obvious the, the thoroughness of the strange that you begin to see. When one of the, the sheets of light passes over you, you can glance up, and where the sky was will be... It looks like another layer of earth above you. You see just a plane of land where the sky was. There are trees, there are hills, there are mountains, there are streams. It's all upside down from your perspective as you stare up at this place. Is there any way to tell if it's like a reflection, or can we tell that the it's The topography definitely looks different. Okay. And it's gone when one of those little lances of energy blossoms back down and away. But as you get closer and closer to the center of this thing... It happens more and more until pretty soon that's you're not seeing the sky anymore. You're seeing another layer of land above you suspended in the air. Seems to and indicate that uh, that plane called the double one by uh, Topia, but Tirza doesn't remember that. Yeah, it's by Topia. And glancing up, the land that you're seeing above you is more pastoral than anything else. And after a little while, when you can start looking at it for longer stretches of time, you can see, like, cities and towns and roads. And at a certain uh, point, you can definitely oof. study it for long enough. And you see, like, along a road, there's a cart moving along a road above you, being drawn by what looks like a pony. There's definitely signs of population up there. Where is this? How far away is it? How far away does it look? Uh, probably about a mile or so. Okay. It's far enough away that, like, calling out wouldn't do anything, probably. Right, but it's also close enough that, like you can see the basic movement of things and there are definitely a couple of mountainous peaks either on your side or above that like are close enough that I mean you don't know how gravity would work once you get up to the top of those mountain peaks whether are you falling or are you leaping to some place who knows Ugh. but as you come in under the corona of this thing eventually you are beginning to climb up into the, the Stormwall Mountains themselves. As you leave the foothills, you get into more craggy terrain. 
and you begin seeing blossoms that look similar to the energy fan you saw from a distance, but are made of minerals. Gold, silver, uh, stranger gemstones blossoming and blooming out of the earth like flowers. Veins of this stuff in ropey tendrils moving out and through the rock. There is a wealth of material here that if you took the time to mine, you would be fantastically wealthy. Do we see any of these flower shapes made by rhinestone? Uh, farther up in the edges of the storm wall. Because again, the storm wall is a fairly sheer mountainside. Climbing it is difficult at the best of times. But scaling up to the tops of the storm wall mountains is a treacherous mountaineering feat. But up towards those rims, you see, and you've seen this from a distance back in Fair Amesir as well, a blooming, cascading, vertical jungle made of rhinestone up there in the peaks. It is twisting helixes of crystal that bloom out of the mountainside itself and rope around in kind of bismuth patterns of glowing magical stone. Do we... Does it... Can we see a rift anywhere? Or like... Or, is, or do we assume that it's further up um, the Stormall Mountains? At this point, it's very difficult to tell. Hmm. At this point, you are within the, the corona of energy that's being projected by this thing, so if there is a rift somewhere, you're going to have to find it. Alright. Which I think is going to require a one last skill challenge. Oh no. Don't fail me now. Hmm. Uh, additionally, with these gemstone blooms, is something that you would have to take the time to mine. It's not like, not like actual flowers where you could just, you just like snap one off. off. No, because unfortunately, the stem and petals would be made of steel or metal of some kind, much okay. harder to pick. So yeah. it's actually, actually like. E basically, okay. looks like a flower. Yeah. Like, okay. It merely has the appearance of flowers or growing things, but it is coming up out of the rock. So, what skills are we choosing, and what roles do we have? Arcana and a cool 25. Ooh. Nice. Redeeming myself. Uh, hmm. uh, I think Irza is... Um, I use persuasion, and Tirza is like attempting to keep, not like keep spirits up, but is just if, this is a disorienting, you know, weird landscape, and is just making sure everyone's okay and um, yeah, and keep, well, keeping morale up. Rolled another nineteen. Oh. Ooh. Um, 
I'm going to do, uh, I'm going to stay at the rear of the, the group and like make sure nothing comes to attack us. So I'm going to try to be as intimidating as possible. Okay. And that is a 19. Plus, uh, what's my intimidation? Eight. 27. That's very good. <laughs> That's very good. I'm just cha- I'm, I'm 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 like changing weapons. It looks like a weird kind of peacocking of weapons. <laughs> um, as we climb uh, up this deep area, perhaps I can uh, sort of get ahead, like up, like up on the high, um, like hard to reach places, and then use like uh, rope. Uh, uh, to help people climb up. Um, so I could either use acrobatics to sort of like find like places to jump from, um, uh, and then and then tie it off, tie a rope off to help people climb easier um, to traverse the. Okay, so you want to mountain goat this a little bit? Yeah. All right. <laughs> All right. And Tirza, what was your total, by the way? It's 19. 19 was the total, okay. Good. Oh, I didn't roll very well. <laughs> no, neither did I. Um, That would be a plus. Oh, boy. Uh, 13 for me. Oh, no. Yeah. Um, I rolled a... F- yeah, I rolled a 5. Wow. The DC on this last check was 18, so thankfully yeah. you still got 3 out of 4. Um, so your your mountain goading doesn't go super well as uh, <laughs> you are beginning to scrabble up and find purchases that, like, everyone else is just like, dude, come on, we can't climb the way you can, so you securing the rope and this weird precarious angle is helping nobody. Right, I was just about yeah. to say, it, like, has to be that he gets himself into a spot that, like, nobody else could get to. <laughs> like... <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. Just like, uh, it's definitely comes to a point where Judah is just like looking down at his hooves, looking at your feet as they're like <laughs> grasping a certain chunk of rock. And he's just like, this is not going to work, Sid. It's <laughs> like, it made perfect sense in my head. <laughs> we we haven't had a... About most of my plans. We haven't had a Pacific Northwest reference in the past two episodes, so... Uh, the last time I went to Oneonta Falls, I like managed to rock climb across the whole way instead of swimming. And I was like, I was with my mom, and I was like, oh, "Come on, you can do this!" And my mom was like, "Fuck you! I'm old. <laughs> I can't cl- <laughs> can climb rocks." Grawl, as you're moving up through the area, you see that as you're climbing into a more precarious area that is composed of these long jagged like blades of stone that rise up out of the ground there is less and less wildlife that you see around here but eventually this huge almost like dirt crocodile I don't know how to describe it I mean what I'm describing is a Demetrodon uh, if you know yeah. what that is, mm-hmm. it's got these uh, several f- 
flared fins along its back, this big, heavy muzzle, and it comes, like, lumbering around a corner on the rock, and you just go, and it kind of, like, slowly backs up and waddles away. Um, All the life here is made out of stuff that life shouldn't be made out of. Yeah. (laughs) Tirza, you do a a very good job of keeping everyone's spirits up as you make your way up into the rougher terrain here. You have more than a little experience mountaineering uh, based on your time spent in Dakbari and a little bit in uh, Pashbari as well. Uh, Though that's more spelunking, but same principles apply, just in different directions. Um, And being able to help people sturdy themselves and find firm footing, both emotionally and physically, um, (laughs) is a a useful skill to have in this circumstance. Some spelunking of the soul. (laughs) It's true. I love that book. Soul diving. (laughs) Cherish. As you're glancing around, you're seeing these fantastical blooms of metallurgy and gemstones. And as you are studying the topography around you, you begin to notice certain patterns that other people maybe don't in terms of these strange bladed like stone structures. It's like more and more you're being reminded of something more natural than uh, more animalistic I guess than like naturally occurring stone formations this isn't something that was cut by wind you, you don't know what made this um, so magic is a good guess um, but as you are coming over a, a rise and following this ridge of bladed uh, stone that comes back towards you in kind of a wave pattern, and there are two big rounded blades that come up and back uh, towards you in a, a strange wave pattern that are probably separated by about a hundred yards. And at the center of those two blades is another ridge that you can see running down, and you've been kind of following this ridge of ridged hillocks. And near the base of it, at the top, you can see there is a a line of energy just pulsing down out of the sky. And as you stare at this line, you're not quite sure what to make of it until you look up. And then you see suspended in the air, halfway between your position and... The land above you is a crackling goldenrod portal simmering in the air. I should have expected that. We should have have taken a flying carpet. Okay. So, how do we perform this ritual on a rift that's that high up in the sky. Okay. Based on the distances, you can tell that the rift is enormous. It's just that it's so far up in the sky that it looks like the size you're used to dealing with. 
is I can cast fly on three people. Can always I... We can always, yeah, we can always have, we can always cast it on certain people and have the flying people carry other people. Just the less question... ill for forming a complicated, specific ritual. Yeah, what are we going yeah. to draw uh, stuff on? That is the other question, yeah. And what is the terrain where we're standing right now, Mike? Is it still like on a cliff side? You're or? you're on a rough uh, hill that has dominated this little section of the. You're not even quite sure if the terrain here is natural or not because right. of the magical influence. And the fact that you can see another land above you is sort of throwing you off a little bit. Mm-hmm. What what you know is the, the terrain you're currently on is you've been following this slightly curving ridge pattern of uh, like spiky shelves you've been kind of following along. Um, and to either side of those strange little shelves are these big blade formations that are coming back and curling towards you like uh, hooks of earth coming up out of the ground and kind of curving backwards. What is the light situation like in here? Uh, It is constantly full of dim golden light. You're not quite sure if day and night have any meaning in this place anymore. Is, Is there... I mean, this this might not even be important, but, like, is there shadow? Does it seem like it's coming from a source, or does it, is it just, like, all around? Seems as though it's coming from the portal. Huh, okay. So there are shadows cast on the ground, yeah. Okay. Do we just make a big enough diagram around the base of it and try to chat for two hours and somehow manage to get Sid up there to close it? We don't have to chant for two hours. We've never had to had to do that. Pretty big. I mean, Etsuko, Arbidon, have you guys ever closed a rift that was way up in the air? Uh, Arbidon's kind of like scratching his chin, staring up, and he says, I don't think I can throw Sid that far. And Etsuko will say, No, normally the rifts are fairly... Well, they tend to be on surfaces. This I've never seen one just suspended in the air before. And normally when we perform this ritual, we need something from the other side. Well, this plane is kind of transforming it. Well, I guess I'm not sure if that would count now that I'm saying it out loud. Etsuko would nod and say, No, we do not need transmuted matter. We need matter from 
wherever this leads. So if I cast Fly on Judah, Arvidon, and Tirza, or actually, maybe not all of us, but most of us up there. Would we, because we just need to retrieve something from the other side. I don't know if we need everyone, uh, especially if, if the flying members are going to be carrying, that's going to slow down their, their fly time, which uh, we don't have that much time, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so it might be better if somebody who could travel quickly tries to make as much distance as possible. Maybe fly up, snag something, and fly back. I don't know if that's doable, but... I mean, whoever flies up there should take Cherish with them. In case, for some reason, they get stuck so they can fly back. Actually, Cherish could probably just cast Featherfall if one was to fall out of the portal and to the well, ground. I, if they run out of fly while they're on the ground up there, we saw a cart moving like gravity was different up there. I don't know if what what anyone knows about gravity in this world, but uh, suppose they're stuck on the ground up there. You can't just jump. Okay, so I'll, fly back. Cast fly I'll back. go with go with you. Who? I'll go. Oh, okay. Sorry, you cut out there for me. Um, and Mike, uh, can, when people are flying, can they dash? Or yeah, can absolutely. they only... Mm -hmm. uh, so if I were to say use my, um, rogue shit to double dash. I can do that while flying. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, okay. I might be... Speediest boy. Yeah. Flying what? rogues turn yeah. into Superman. <laughs> A little bit. So what are you would doing? That be a th would that be a thing where... Oh, like, but you wouldn't, like, I wouldn't go with you because you're assuming that you can get it done within 10 minutes. I have no idea. Because I was going to say, would that be a thing where, like, if I cast fly on both of us, you could just sort of, like, grab onto me and dash in the sky? I don't know. I don't know if that's how that would work. I mean, you'd have a better idea than me. Um, It'd be very difficult to do that. Yeah. I mean, you can both just fly up there, right? But I yeah. can't double dash. Right, but, I mean, you could get up there, theoretically, right? And then you could cast it again to make sure that you both get back. Uh, yeah, I can definitely do that. So, me and Sid? Sounds good to me. 
Okay, the rest of the party right. is staying here below the rift. In. In. The one with Cherish going up there is Cherish also needs to potentially help the ritual circle and drawing it if we need to draw it. Uh, Etsuko knows how to do that. Do that, okay. And, I mean, we Our weird can't one. do anything <laughs> until we have a piece from the other side, so... True. Okay, so Sid and Cherish fly up towards the portal. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think it's Sid's first time flying, by the way. Well, when not being dragged up by a pterodactyl, yeah. Yes. Flying of his own free will. Yeah. <laughs> and not just falling. <laughs> Very slowly. <laughs> yes. Falling with style. Um, <laughs> as you two vault up into the heavens, flying upwards towards the realm scar, you can't help but be a little disoriented by the fact that you are flying up and away from the ground, but also up towards the ground. Yeah. It is it's a weird, weird experience. I hope they meet Nega Cherish and <laughs> Nega Sid up there. As you flying farther and farther, putting yourselves away from the ground, you're heading towards the realm scar up in the sky, and I need both of you to give me perception checks. Oh, that's very good. Uh, 29. Uh, dirty 20. Both very good. Just before you reach the Realm Scar, there's a moment where you stop, and you've covered hundreds of feet in just a few seconds. Uh, Fly still has probably eight minutes left on it. Um, and as you stop before you actually get to the Realm Scar, you can see the Realm Scar itself is dozens of feet wide in every direction. And... It's got a same little line of energy shooting upwards as well as downwards. And when you look up to see where that energy goes, you can kind of see an outline on the earth up there. And from this distance, you can definitely make out that it's focusing that line of energy down into some hills that are very similar to the one that you're leaving, but not quite the same in terms of the topography. There it's just hills. Yours is like foothills on the mountainside. <laughs> but the outline there is unmistakably animalian. There's the tail, there's the shoulders, there's a head, and broad, powerful legs of some kind of enormous theropod of some kind, a two-legged lizard-like creature. And you slowly look back down, and you see that all of your friends are standing on a very similar outline. And you see one large, long limb of a clawed arm of some kind near the head of this creature on your side begin to twitch ever so slightly. And on the ground, everyone feels a slight tremor as something on the ground shifts 
ever slows slightly. And you think it's an earthquake, but those up in the sky know better. As you realize that the enormity of the creature that your party now stands on also rests below the portal. This creature's backplates, enormous overlapping scaled things that you took as features of the landscape. Huge, jagged, almost wing-like protrusions of bone coming up that you thought were those long hooked uh, pieces of earth. The huge jaws of this thing can swallow small towns. The tail of this thing is the ruin of metropolises. As you stare down at the twin of the Terrasque that lies above you and below you, I think it is there that we're going to leave tonight's episode of Material Components. Fucking kidding me? Holy shit. Because as always... Shit. You can find us on Twitter at MattcomRPG. That's spelled oh, M-A-T-C-O-M-R-P-G. We also have an email address, which is materialcomponentsrpg at gmail.com. That's right, y'all. We're riding a Terrask. It's, it's going to get real Shadow of the Colossus shit. real quick. Holy yeah. shit. I can hear the Damn. boss music in my head. Um, uh-huh. You can find me on Twitter at Elliot C. Lewis. Um, everything's just keep getting better. <laughs> oh. uh, um, find me on Twitter at cryoutolivia. Um, yeah, I was gonna, it was, there was gonna be some funny role play about years of being nervous and being like, oh, Half of the people I care about are up in the sky right now, and now it's like, oh, no, they're fine. It's me. I'm the one in trouble. <laughs> oh. Very uh, I don't know, Come hang out. Talk to me about She-Ra, actually. Good show. Um, Let's forget Matcom no. <laughs> and talk about She-Ra. <laughs> uh... If you don't want to talk about She-Ra, because I haven't, I haven't seen it, I haven't seen She-Ra, because um, in like two days, read, do I, it. I, I, I've got. I needed to start watching Gravity Falls, according yes. to Mike. Oh uh, yeah, that too. That's true. A, a multitude of people. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the Readamus. Um, yeah, I, I, I. Tweet me uh, plushies of Tarasks. Ooh, oh, yeah. yeah. That would be yeah. so cute. Aww. Yeah, I bet you there's some. There's got to be oh, some. Definitely. Yeah. Um, and instead of uh, searching for me on the internet, uh, I suggest you uh, point your energy towards something uh, that would actually help us out a lot. Oh, that's... Yep, Mike's showing us the Trask image. Uh, so what you can do for us... I going to be a bit bigger <laughs> in the game. 
Slow it fish. might be a little bit bigger. It might yeah. be what is this, bigger. a Terrasque for ants? <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, what you can do is you can rate and review our podcast on whatever platform you're listening to it with. Um, it helps us a lot when we hear from you guys uh, and ratings, obviously, um, you know, will help bring more people in. So please, please do that. Uh, and when you do, um, you can include in the subject line the name of an NPC, and we will put that NPC, uh, that NPC name in the campaign. It does not matter how stupid that name is; it will be in this campaign. It's true, and we will soon learn the name of this Terrasque. I promise. <laughs> oh, yes, no. please, please name this Terrasque, people. <laughs> it's vitally important we name this Terrasque. <laughs> And their sibling, who lies above. But leastways, oh. indeed, you can do all of those things. And, of course, you can find me on Twitter, at MKGregoni. Uh, was I looking for an excuse to put a Terrasque into this game? Oh, uh, you betcha. Uh, yeah. two. You put two. <laughs> so I put two in the game. <laughs> Will you be able to solve my Terrasque puzzle? We shall see. Uh, oh, boy. <laughs> As long as it's not fight two terrorists, <laughs> to fight each other, <laughs> let them fight. But leastways, you can also find our good good friend Omatep over on Twitter at npc underscore an. Does he have an item that would let you grow to enormous size to wrestle a terrorist? Maybe it's probably a good chance of that. Actually, um, I don't need to grow to the size of a terrorist. There's already a thing in there that can help me out immensely, and I want it. <laughs> the folding boat. Yeah, the, the folding, folding boat. <laughs> it confounds any mind. Okay, but just imagine Tirza with a Terrasque in a headlock. Uh, I'm imagining it, Something. and it, it gives me life. <laughs> but of course, uh, if you want to find Omatep there, he is, of course, an important NPC. Uh, as always, everybody, thank you all so much for listening. As always, the world is chaos, so please be kind to one another. Goodbye, y'all. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.